What does it mean, Brad? It means you're dying. You're dying. No. You're closer to death every second. <laughs> it's okay. We all are. We all are. We all are. Okay. 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 But some of us are dying faster than others. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Minimum Force, the reasonable apprehension of Ramjack. Hi guys, I am Alex and joining me today for Ramjack is my good friend and co-host Brad. Hi. Oh, hello, nice friend. to be here. It's it's a pleasure. Really happy to be here with you all. Hi. <laughs> I am talking and hello, welcome to Ramjack. And I am speaking. Guys, um, you've happened to cross... Something that's going to make your day brighter and awesome. That's the Ramjack Podcast. Thank you. And thank you. Um, we've got lots of cool stuff for the show today. We're going to be getting back to Perfect Strangers. Someone needs to find a job. And of course, Balky and Larry find possibly the worst job in the world. But it's entertaining. Um, also, hockey. Very large hockey fans are involved. It should be interesting. Also, a member of the Arquette family is involved. Really? Mm-hmm. What? Pops Arquette. Pops Arquette. He was in there? Yep. I did not know that. I didn't even see him. Well, because how would you recognize him? It's the father of the Arquette family. Yeah, true, I guess. It's uh, Louis Arquette. So, uh, guys, if you're a big fan of the Arquettes, uh, well, their pops is in there. Uh, um, uh, yeah, we're going to give some people advice. Defo. We can't not do that. We have to advise people. And, of course, we have a lot of random uh, news and science going on in the world, which we'll get to in a moment. But, Brad... I have a personal story. Uh, Is it super personal? Is it going to get a little awkward? I don't know if it'll get awkward, but it was. Oh boy. Um, but it has to do with 9/11. No. Never so, forget. So I, my girlfriend and I live together. She has a son named Joey who's awesome. He's a little four-year-old, but he he started he started to have I don't know if you would call them night terrors, but he'll wake up like like screaming. I guess those are night terrors, and he'll be, like, confused and disoriented, and you'll have to, like, calm him down. So in an effort to minimize the interruption to that sleep, um, especially of my girlfriend and myself, um, he started sleeping with her at night. Um, so one of those nights when that happened, uh, he woke up, but instead of screaming, he just woke up uh, at four, it was around four in the morning, uh, woke my girlfriend up and said, hey, mom, why did... The- who who knocked? Why did they knock down the twin towers? <laughs> why were the two towers there and now they're not anymore? Who knocked them down and why? Like at four a.m. in the morning, mom. And she's like, "What is it, Joey? Why did they knock the two towers down and who? What?" <laughs> she said, "The bad guys knocked them down, son." He went, mm. "Okay," and rolled over and went right back to sleep. Can you imagine being interrupted at four a.m.? <laughs> Tell me about 9-11. What was that shit about? Look, I've been having nightmares, and I really want to know, who knocked the Twin Towers That's an excellent question. I'm glad you asked. There's a lot (laughs) of theories out there. Most of them involve Building 7 and a controlled demolition by Reptoid Shadow Conspirators. I mean, really, Joey lucked out because (laughs) all she said was, the bad guys did it, honey. Because obviously he doesn't understand what a terrorist did. He's he's a four-year-old. But any, I mean, you get a certain she, type of parent. Just imagine, like, if you, if, if uh, you were dating Jesse Ventura and, and uh, the kid woke up, then imagine that situation. That kid's going to be even more scared. Alex, be glad you're not dating Jesse Ventura is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but 
we found out later that the reason he asked was because, and granted, remember, he's four years old. Right. At preschool, they taught them about 9-11. They read a 9-11 book. What's their read? What's... And then, like, did they not answer his question during the book reading? Like, what kind of lame book is this that just mentions the two towers and then says, hey, ask your parents at 4 a.m. when you wake up? Like, what What do you... What do you, like... What does, like, a Teen Tweets child need to know about 9-11? <laughs> like... That everything changed? Uh, <laughs> that did it's okay it? to be afraid of things? Uh, I'm more like encouraged to be afraid. <laughs> Fucking hell. Man, oh, I don't... The terrorists won. The terrorists have officially won. Yeah, they, they'd have. We, we theorize that maybe the teacher are, for some reason, they've got it into his head and his classmates' head to, like, test your parents to see if they're terrorists. Like, answer the, ask them that question mm. at the most random time to see what they'll answer. It's a good thing she said bad guys. Oh, she said uh, uh, brave freedom fighters uh, uh, tried to fight down uh, white Satan. She would, she would be straight up on a list. <laughs> I would have woken up to cops coming in, or soldiers. Yeah. What happened? Dick, Dick Cheney's, like, straight up, like, torturing. <laughs> so that was, yeah. Be ready when your children ask you about 9-11. That's all I've got to say, because it could come at any time. (laughs) I I don't, I feel like, like, what's this, like, weird, like, preschool, like, 9-11 talk? Like, I I don't know, I feel like I would be, like, storming the doors, like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? What's this shit about? Like, why are you, like, talking to, like, Teen Tweens kids about, like, terrorism? Like, shut the fuck up. What makes it all the more strange is... Whenever I drop him off at school or go in, to see the things that they do teach them, because they always do arts and crafts, they put them on the wall, like, hey, learn your phone number, hey, learn your parents' names and your address, hey, learn about 9-11. It seems very disjointed from a normal curriculum for a (sighs) four-year-old. Learn about your shapes and colors. Learn why terrorists are trying to destroy the Western world. Yeah. Wait, why did you even phrase it like that? What is wrong with you? I, I just feel like there's no way you're teaching like a teen teen's child about 9-11 and it's not just some shitty like propaganda Fox News-esque bullshit. Yeah. Two plus two. Four. Who knocked down the Twin Towers? The terrorist. Islamofascists. <laughs> All right, what color is this? Blue! What's ISIS? Uh, <laughs> I mean ISIL, or whatever the fuck it is. I, why are we teaching kids about this? It's weird. All right, kids, let's talk about the Coruscant group. What's that? Well, 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 it's not really a thing, but it's a fictional terrorist organization that we used uh, to, to uh, as, a, uh, as an excuse to invade Syria. <laughs> what? Ask your parents about it when you wake up in the middle of the night. Um, guys, let's let's go into some science news because there's some interesting stuff happening in the world of diabetes, close to the heart of Ramjack. They have developed a temporary tattoo that can monitor your blood glucose levels very accurately. Is it worth it? See, I don't know. I mean. Instead of pricking is, your finger, a lot of people are... The, okay, the, the first thing about diabetes that you need to know is that you get used to pricking your finger pretty quick. I know so, I've met some people that think that I am a hero as a diabetic because I prick my finger every day. I'm like, I just couldn't do it. Let me tell you really quick, you get used to it very fast. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm not too sure. I mean, I'm the technology is awesome. Apparently, 
it there's some uh, really thin sensors on the temporary tattoo. You put it on uh, certain parts of your body, and it sucks blood glucose up through your skin. Because to get accurate levels, it's through your blood, but it sucks it up through your skin, and then it takes that glucose and then breaks it down into oxygen and hydrogen peroxide. Which is awesome, because suddenly you're producing oxygen with a temporary tattoo. I'm, I'm sure it's not enough, but it's neat that I'm actually- that I would be generating uh, oxygen. You're closer to a tree, finally. Yeah, the dream of generating oxygen has become a reality. My strange addiction is turning into a tree. Anytime someone gives you flack, you can be like, yeah, what the fuck did you do today? I turned a small amount of <laughs> sugar into oxygen. Not that anyone would need to prove themselves from that, but you're helping the world. Oh, I'm, I guess you're right. You know what? You have done a lot today. Oh, now I feel like the fool. I haven't produced any oxygen at all. I'm going to go anything, kill myself. If anything, you're contributing to global warming, you carbon <laughs> dioxide monster. You're right. Goodbye, world. Oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. That backfired. That is not where that's not what we were talking about. That's not what we're talking about. It's okay. Brad's okay. Brad's okay. But in all honesty, and maybe that was a crazy tangent, that is pretty cool that it would suck sugar out of your body and now you're breaking oxygen. The lame part though is that it's also making hydrogen peroxide because now your clothes are gonna be stained. And no one's gonna put one of these tattoos on their face. That looks weird to where the hydrogen peroxide wouldn't matter too much. But it's also very accurate, it's neat. I like this technology. Now where my mind goes is, how customizable can these tattoos get and what does this mean? Mm. Yeah, that's the weird mm. part. You know people are going to be marketing this. People are going to get weird temporary tattoos. Look at this dragon. Hey, check out my dragon. Yeah, he breathes oxygen. Ugh. It's going to be strange. Ugh. Nope. But it's tech. It's pretty cool tech. Turning diabetics into oxygen producers. Let's see. Now let's move on to, um, I guess, more news in general. Sure. Let's, let's talk about something that Brad sent me, and that is... The a, a wonderful company that sends glitter to your enemies. It's kind of bonkers. It's uh, the website is shipyourenemiesglitter.com, and it's that easy. It is like currently it's like they're like they've gone to like they can't they can't fulfill any more orders because like it like blew up on the internet and it's like the biggest thing. Um, because apparently it's just like one dude. <laughs> It's a, it's based in Australia, and basically, it's like, a, hey, do you want to teach somebody a lesson? I'll send them a fucking envelope full of glitter. <laughs> Done. You give me ten bucks, I send an envelope full of glitter. It's that easy. Imagine your worst enemy getting an envelope, opening it, taking a letter out, and glitter explodes everywhere. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's the best. And you know they're going to open it because it ships from Australia. So there's like exotic stamps on it. There's all kinds of, and they're like, whoa, what's this? Open it up, what the? And then there's a letter that tells you how bad of a person you are. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, apparently this dude already has like, they got so much traffic, they actually couldn't get into the website to like say that he's not taking any more orders um, <laughs> because he's got over 2,000 orders that have been placed so far. Brad, would you ever do this to someone? Absolutely. Brad, okay, here's another question. Have you done this? Is someone out there no, awaiting? But like unknowing? now I'm like I'm like, this is great. Like why are we all doing this? Like this like well worth the money. If I had the change to spare, like I'd be like like let's send let's send the what happens if you send glitter to like Congress? <laughs> like if you send oh. it to a congressman's office, like what happens then? 
That's the first thing, I mean, yeah, well, not the first thing, but it's one of the many things I thought about as well. Immediately, it's like, oh, the White House, I think every, Capitol no, Hill is going to be glitter-tastic. Like, Ted Cruz is going to be covered in glitter for the, re- I mean, not really, though. Like, his, like, the person that opens his mail is going to be covered in glitter for, like, the rest of their life. <laughs> Which sucks, because really, I want Ted Cruz to be covered in glitter for the rest of his life. But it's just going to be, like, some random, like, low-paid uh, aide. If we send enough of these letters to Capitol Hill or any office, they'll get glittered. Oh, eventually. Well, then, but at that point, it's just all of Washington, D.C. is covered in glitter. You can see it from space because it sparkles in the sun. Definitely. You have to wade through it. That wading pool is now just, uh... Oh, but glitter is kind of gross when there's a lot of it. That's the point. Yeah, I mean, but now I'm thinking about how... I mean, we've been to D.C., walking around the National Mall like, Oh, okay, and now there's just glitter everywhere. Eh. Small price to pay. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't... But what I do like about this, because I did think immediately as well, what's stopping me from just doing this on my own accord? Mm -hmm. Fingerprints. (laughs) There There are ways for it to tie back to you or a loved one if you have them do it for you. There is no way this is getting back to you. They'd have to go through crazy loopholes to figure out it was you. I feel like that's less of a problem than having, like, a fucking bunch of glitter in your place. Because then you've got glitter everywhere. Because that's the whole point of this thing. Like, glitter's the fucking worst. And, like, once it's everywhere, it's everywhere. You can't get rid of it. Like, there is no theater that I've ever worked in where there wasn't, like, like, glitter, like... From like some random show that had some kind of glitter something or some kind of sequin bullshit, like it, it that just stays around and you'll never get rid of it. Never. That is very true. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been to a theater and there wasn't glitter everywhere. Yeah, because like it doesn't it like any amount of glitter like it like will fill the space. Like you put like the two smallest, they're gonna reproduce. I don't know what happens. Like glitter is evil. That's the whole fucking point of this thing, which is why it's brilliant. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of innocent, th- seemingly innocent things that are evil, um, uh, a group of elementary school students in New York were reportedly plotting to kill their teacher using hand sanitizer. Okay. Um, there were these girls at an all-girls school, an elementary, an all-girls elementary school, and they learned that their teacher had a very severe allergy to hand sanitizer. And these girls apparently hated their teacher so much that they decided to do an Operation Hand Sanitizer and put hand sanitizer on everything that they could in the classroom wow. in an effort to kill their teacher. I, aller- like, severely allergic to hand sanitizer. That is... I love that they th- that, like it's like they think it's enough that's okay. She's super allergic to this. We're gonna make sure she dies. Right. <laughs> yeah, like, that's so bonkers. You know that there's a a little girl here that is an aspiring Wesley T, but like or an aspiring serial killer. Because what child thinks this? First off, what did the teacher do to these kids to enact such? I mean, nothing. Probably she probably scolded them randomly. Like, don't talk during class. I am Stay a, in line. Who knows? I am not. Who knows? Who knows? Like, there's some. I mean, uh, really, who does? There's know? some teachers that, are like, I if I if I knew I could kill a hand sanitizer, I might have put a couple of thoughts behind it, like uh, Jackie Williams. Uh, but like, I don't know. <laughs> like, that's we so talked bonkers. about that on the show. Yeah, like I had crazy her woman. for I had her for first grade. She had um, 
I, no, I don't, maybe it was epilepsy. I don't remember what she had, but there was one time, and she was, I mean, she absolutely was not the best teacher in the world, very mean-spirited, one of the mm-hmm. only teachers to paddle me, and let me assure you, ladies and gentlemen, I did nothing that needed me to be paddled. It was She weird. also gave me a referral for having a seizure in class, so, like, fuck that bitch. Well, she had a seizure in my first grade class. Which I think is all the more reason to say, fuck you, bitch, because she gave you one and she'd already done that. Because we were all in class, uh, just minding her own business, and suddenly she just kind of fell backwards onto the floor. And I remember seeing her eyes, like, uh, her closed eyes, like, just almost like in REM sleep, just vibrating back and forth. And we all looked at each other like, holy shit, who killed her? Who did it? Who's, whose evil thoughts caused this woman to kill over? First would, off, ding dong, the witch is dead. Her. Yeah. yeah. Like, whose fault is it? It's not mine. I mean, because we were all thinking probably bad thoughts. Like, why is this woman hitting me on the head with a pen? Why is she yelling at us? Holy shit, she's dead. Who, but, who, who do I need to buy a trophy for? Yeah. <laughs> who did it? You know how funny that would be when she did that if all the kids in the classroom had just went? If we weren't all, like, uh, right. pinned to our chairs with fear, someone just went, yeah! <laughs> like, we just <laughs> all celebrated. We did it! Ding dong, the witch is dead. Um, so I can understand why these kids might, and who knows the circumstances, want to, sure. in, in a childlike view of what death is, be like, let's get her really sick and maybe she'll die. Yeah. Um, the kids got a stern talking to, and that's it. But we need to keep our eye on uh, fourth graders in New York, I think. I'm glad to hear they got a, they just got a stern talking to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, like, there's a lot, I mean, they keep getting, like, shit like, all right, uh, uh, these kids, like, did something, and now they're, like, in juvenile detention and locked up, and, like, it's like, calm down, calm down. Like, yeah, like, you don't get to try to kill your teacher with hand sanitizer. Agreed. But, like, let's, like, let's, like, calm the fuck down. <laughs> these are elementary yeah. school kids. I mean, yeah, they're children. They're yeah. in fourth grade. They don't know that much about the world. Brad, what were you concerned about most in fourth grade? In fourth grade? Um... Uh... I don't remember. Uh, looking back, I remember mainly just because my teacher in fourth grade was a bitch. She was... She wasn't, uh, Jackie. Um, and the woman is dead now. She actually had blood pressure issues. And she would just explode at the class. So, that kind of... <laughs> I was really stressed in fourth grade. We all were. Nice. Uh, a lot of kids were trying to, like, not go to school. I had a friend who would always say, like, Mom, I don't feel good. And would, like, actually, like, throw up before going to school because he was so nervous to go to school because our teacher was the worst. Wow. Oh, but a fourth grade, like, a fourth grade, an awesome teacher. I had uh, Miss Shaw and Miss Shuttleworth. Um, I, I was uh, mostly concerned with uh, convincing them to let me uh, do sketch- comedy sketches in class. Nice. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I was, was concerned. I was concerned with learning uh, who's on first and uh, Tim Conway routines. And that's and that's awesome because you were in an environment that let you thrive creatively. Where I was in an environment of fear and hate. <laughs> <laughs> where you go to school is important. Know your teacher. Know what's going on. Is your teacher mm. teaching your kids about nine eleven? Ask why. We were watching Roots. <laughs> okay, well, that's amazing. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I wasn't worried about... I mean, beyond that, I mean, I was thinking about X-Men. I knew that was a huge at the time. Like, I Defo, wasn't really... Defo. Something made these kids... I mean, I, we were... Who knows? It's, whatever. It's, it's, it's glad they just got, like, a little talking to, as opposed to, you know, juvenile detention. 
Indeed, indeed. That being said, though, you gotta be you gotta be concerned about what's important. Like, is Wolverine gonna get the adamantium back in his skeleton or not? Yeah, I was terrified, even as an adult, when I was watching the Wolverine movie and they cut his claws, which doesn't spoil anything. I thought, oh no, Wolverine! The fourth grader in me came out like, no, Wolverine! <laughs> you took his claws! You took his claws! Now, of course, they're going to grow back because that's Wolverine's thing. He's got a healing factor and, you know, his bone claws came out. But they're not metal right now. And, of course, he'll get the metal ones back. It's Wolverine. It's comic books. Though, um, I know we talk about comic books for sometimes in the show. We all know uh, about Peter Parker and, of course, the Dr. Octavius and the Aunt May thing. We've covered mm-hmm. that on the show. Have we covered that Wolverine is now dead in comic books? Well, it's... All right. <laughs> like... Like, so was Captain America for a while. <laughs> like, so everybody's been dead for a while. Like, I mean, uh, yeah. Everyone's going to come back eventually. They'll do it. Yeah. It's a soap opera. Yeah. It's inevitable. Yeah. But he's dead. He straight up died. Well, all right. The fourth cool. grader in you did wasn't like, all right. You know, he had a good run. Hey, like, rest in peace, Wolverine. <sighs> Say hi to uh, Jean Grey for us. Peace. <laughs> I mean, I, I like, I can't, I can't be too, like, I, I don't know. I, I can't be concerned with comic book death. <laughs> like, it's silly. Like, I don't know. I feel like now maybe they, they feel like they've got things to prove, so they'll leave people dead for, like, three or four years now. But still, like, they're coming back. I mean, come on. They'll be back. They'll be back. Like, they brought Barry Allen back. That's that's what's most important. And that took a damn long time. <laughs> Brad, um, there's another story coming at us from the frigid north of Chicago. And there's something within this story that I want to ask your opinion on. So the first overarching story is in Chicago, there is a system of calling dibs on the parking spaces when it snows. And all you have to do is, before it snows, maybe set up cones, shovel out snow around the area, and you call dibs on public parking, basically. It's a... It's a given thing in Chicago. That's how you secure a parking space in the snow. And if you don't, people get pissed at you if you don't abide by these rules, even though it is all public parking. Um, some people got in trouble because there were uh, parents of this girl uh, who needs a ventilator to breathe and needs around-the-clock care. Uh, they adhered to these rules. They uh, shoveled out a, a parking space for the child's nurse because she needs constant medical attention. But the nurses didn't understand this dibs principle. So they ended up taking a parking space of someone else, and the neighbors got pissed. Like, how dare someone take our parking space? We called dibs on it. So they kind of vandalized this woman's car. They poured trash all over it, and the nurse was like, I'm done. I can't, I can't, I can't work in this environment. I'm done. And these people are very upset under, I guess slightly understandably because they can't get nurse care because no nurse wants to come over during the snow because they're afraid that their car might get vandalized. Why don't they just like meet them and explain the parking situation? I mean, yeah, especially when... Is it just me or is this dibs thing on it's public the, parking ridiculous? It's the stupidest fucking thing I've it's ever heard of. It's stupid. Yeah. What? Like, what are you talking about? Like, that's not... Like, no, come up with a better system. Like... I mean, don't you know that going in? I lived in, uh, 
um, right off of downtown uh, Cincinnati for a long time over in Covington, and it was on the street parking. And yes, there were many times when it snowed that I had to shovel out a parking spot. I would leave and come back, and someone else had my parking spot. But it's not my parking spot because I live in a city and understand that it's public parking. Yeah. I wasn't even annoyed. I'm like, all right, cool, because it's not property I own. <laughs> How can you do this in Chicago and it be okay? Who thinks this is fine? Yeah, this is, I mean, bonkers. Like, I, like first of all, like, come up with a better, like, situation. Like, I don't know. Like, this is this is what, I know eventually I'm going to have to get a car again, but, like, this kind of shit is just too stressful. Like, I can't. If we're, and it's your job. Like, you, you, like, figure out, like, the transportation and parking deal, like, with your job. Yeah. Like, I don't know, why why can't they just work something out where, like, they call ahead and, like, all right, um, okay, I'm going to be out there, uh, and I will show you where to park. Like, uh, why is that? It's it's too much. I can't. There's a lot of weird things around this. I mention this only because public parking in places really annoys me. Not the mm-hmm. fact that we have public parking, that, that people get territorial about it. Yeah. Um, there's this, we, I know we covered it on the show a while back, but there was um, a holiday, I call it a holiday, there was a... Uh, what am I trying to think of? A protest about public parking metered spaces where people would uh, rent out metered spaces for an entire day and set up like a little park situation. Mm-hmm. There was an artist who did it and people got over the top like, you know what? Yeah, this artist does it. We'll do it as a protest. And the artist was like, not what I was talking about. Not what my thing was. And I know a marketing team also took it from the artist and ran with it. Crazy stuff. His message got bent multiple times, but it pissed people off so much that a lot of these spaces got vandalized. It's like, fuck you, this is for parking. It just Anything that has to do with public parking and people getting territorial pisses me off yeah. in ways that some people don't. It's annoying. Chicago, yeah. stop. Just because you shovel out a parking space doesn't mean that's your parking space. It's public parking. Unless you pay for it, unless it's your driveway, and yeah. then okay, because that is your parking space. No one's right. crazy enough to think that I can park in another person's driveway yet. But who knows in Chicago? That's so, like, it's just like, you know, when they're gonna vandalize a car, like, what are you talking about? So, like, you're so pissed off about, like, a fucking parking space that you're gonna, like, act out like a fucking child? Like, you, I mean, like, why do you assume everyone knows your weird, arcane, like, parking rules? Because, guess what? It's cuckoo. Like, you can't just, like... Oh well, I've I've shoveled this. Sp- like, how does it work when there's not snow? Then, how does that situation work? I don't know. I think it may be something that just locally they thought, you know, what we're all stressed out about parking because anyone who's parked in Chicago or any major city knows it's it's not the best thing in the world. Sure, parking is you difficult. Have to, yeah, you have to really you have to be a master of parallel parking because it's different there because they get like inches from the car because they have to. So I can see. I mean. I understand why they're getting territorial. It's stupid, but I can see maybe they think it's okay. It's snowing. It's already a struggle. You know what? If you shovel the parking space out, everyone knows Larry's shoveled that parking space. That's Larry's parking space. Just locally, we know that. And if a lo- and if a non-local comes around here and parks in this spot, we're gonna teach him a lesson. Yeah. What the fuck is that? Weird. Weird. Stop teaching lessons. Like, what? what oh, shut up. Like, grow up. Shut up. You can't. No one knows what your weird parking rules are, Chicago. Stop. And another thing, Chicago. If I can just for a second, not to pick on Chicago because I love their trains. Ooh, their trains. I love real. a lot of their stuff. And I think we talked about this on the show before, but it still bothers me. They only bring you one check regardless in Chicago. What? If you have 20, if you have a 20 person party at most restaurants, Almost, well, everyone I've been to, it's a local thing. They bring you one check, and everyone's supposed to figure it out on their own with cash. Ugh, 
No, that's too fuck, much. Fuck no. you. No, that's too... No. Can't. Can't do no. that. Not in 2015. Not ever. You look, we know you have this four-person party. We brought you one check. Yeah, well, that person just had coffee. Well, you all have cash. Who carries cash anymore? No one has cash. No one has cash. Chicago, well, stop. It's cool, just, cool, cool, guys. No, it's cool. cool, uh, cool no, cool, no, yeah. no, no. Just, just uh, PayPal each other. Like, work it out. Like, split it out. Do it. Get a calculator out. Or break it out. Then, like, PayPal the money to each other. And then, like, one person just pay the bill. What? It's not hard. Nope. Sorry, Chicago. Just, like, why don't you just, like, give me separate checks? Because, like, that's it's too much. It's too much. Well, that's not what we do here in Chicago, Brad. So how about you get your little calculators out and do the work for us? Even though a machine could easily do this work and it takes, yeah. like, no time at all. P.S. You parked in my spot out back, so your car's also covered in trash. Welcome to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Chicago. Fuck Chicago! Brad said no. it. I agree. Yeah, can't, can't play with these rules. Don't like them. Nope. Not allowed. Don't like them. Think about your rules. Um... We've talked about manspreading. Brad, there's a new thing. It's called manslamming. Is it? That's what people are calling it. All right. Um, What's this one? There was, there was a woman who did a social experiment where when she was walking down the street, she would not... Now, take this for what it is, Brad. I really want to hear your thoughts on this. She was walking down the street, and whenever a man was walking toward her, she didn't move out of the way first. She collided with nearly every man she did this with. What? Yeah, so walking down the street, um, just walking along on the sidewalk, you see another party coming down the street, particularly a man. If it's a man, she wouldn't move. She would just continue to walk on her present course. And I guess men were being more territorial or just weird, and they would run into her. Because, like, how dare you? It's basically playing... um, what is this? What's the old game chicken with cars or something? You're playing chicken with someone, and every time the men wouldn't move out of the way. So she That's... ran into every man that she did this to. Almost. Now, some men would get out of the way. I, How does this happen? I don't trust anyone. I always get out of the way because I don't want people, like, touching me. Like, no. Yeah. I don't trust anybody. Like, isn't it, like if isn't I see it somebody just... coming, no, I'm, I'm out of there. Like, what are you talking about? I mean, isn't it part of just being a person out in the world that you kind of respect everyone's space? So what I happens mean, when, when two men are walking down the street? Like, what? What? Do they have to, like, fight it out to, like, decide who doesn't move? Like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't... Well, yeah, the more dom- dominant, dominant one will keep walking. The other ones move out of the way. <sighs> I guess? Have you ever noticed? I mean, all of us have noticed this when you're walking in, like, a city or any public place. There are people... I tend... I mean, after I read this... I overanalyze even more to a point what I did on the street, thinking and watching people like, well, what? how do people interact on the street? Because yes, this is weird that people don't move out of the way in dudes, but there's a lot of weird street etiquette. Um, but is it really weird? I mean, shouldn't you just be nice to people? Get out of the way. If there's like a lot of people coming down the street in a group, be like, all right, well, the group's going down. Maybe start going to the single file line thing. I mean, if there's not a lot of space, who's being weird and territorial about it? I don't know. Maybe. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I'm buying this. Like, I just don't... Like, what are you talking about? They'll just, like, walk into somebody. Because, like, who wants to walk into somebody? Like, uh-uh. No. 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 Uh, no. Shenanigans. I'm not... I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think this is real. Look, we all know dudes are the worst. Do, we all dudes know are dudes are the worst. Definitely. And if any group of people we're going to do something like this, it would be dudes. Let's be sure. honest. It would just be gross dudes. Can I talk about dudes being the worst for a second? Definitely. We're um, <laughs> I'm at Starbucks last night. 
Okay. Um, actually, this is not about dudes being the worst. This is about the best relationship. Um, <laughs> now, last night, um, it was actually a, a little cool in Florida. It was like a 54 degrees, so that was nice. Um, so I went out, took a little walk, um, ended up at Starbucks, obviously. And I'm in there, and I've been there's a I've been there for like two hours, and there's like this girl that like keeps coming in, like, and she she was there before I got there, um, and she's like warming up, and like she's like you know like rubbing her hands together, like rubbing her ears because her ears are cold, and like the guy the guy's like you know there's plenty of seats because this was also like strangely like not very busy inside Starbucks, even though there's like four tables in this stupid Starbucks, um, there was plenty of seating. It's like you know there's plenty of seating in here if you guys want to come here. It's like. No, my boyfriend wants to sit outside. <laughs> like every twenty minutes, she had to keep like coming in and warming up because she's cold. Um, first of all, maybe consider investing in long sleeves or jackets. Um, I don't know, just an option on the Brad. table. It's but Orlando. No, they're, they're cold. It's cold. How many days of the year there, if like ever? Not enough. Um, but still, still, I'm a person that owns a jacket and a sweater. Um. And many long sleeve shirts, but still, like, what is with this like dude that like is like making his girlfriend sit outside in the cold, where she has to go inside to warm up every twenty minutes? <laughs> what is yeah. this relationship? Like, what is happening there? How's this working out? We're gonna sit outside, but it's cold outside. You should buy long sleeves. It's also, like, like sitting outside of the Starbucks, it's, it's not well lit outside. Like, it's kind of dark outside the Starbucks, and like, who the fuck wants to sit outside? No. Listen, I'll walk outside in the cold any day of the week. I love it. But I don't want to sit outside ever. Like, that's what we have indoors for, sitting. No, I'm yeah. not going to sit outside in the dark. What are you talking about? <laughs> there's work to do. There's stuff to do inside. Yeah, there's... What are you going to do out there on the, on the I, patio? Nothing. No, and see Except nothing. And again, freeze with, your girlfriend out. Granted, I have no night vision, but like... Um, <laughs> Like, I don't know. I still feel like even people with, like, proper human night vision, um, they could, like, still have a hard time seeing anything in this dark fucking Starbucks patio. What are you doing except killing your girlfriend? You know, there's plenty of seating inside. My boyfriend, he's weird. He just wants to sit out. He just enjoys the cold. And I love him, so, you know, I, I want to do this. I, I wish, like, this dude had come in and I could have gotten, like, a full glimpse. Because I was like, what is, oh, yeah. what is this dude's deal? Like, what's, what's he about? The things we do for love, am I right? Uh, best relationship. Best relationship, award-winning. That is gonna last forever. Or she'll die from pneumonia mm. before it's said and done. True, true. Have you done anything that might have like? Do you spend a lot of time outside in the cold? Like, it's just you. It seems like you've had pneumonia for a while. Well, my boyfriend likes to sit outside in the cold. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, you got to dump your boyfriend. You got to. Or buy a jacket. Like, those are the options. Or buy a jacket. There's a lot of options There's there's a lot of options. options. Two options. Put on a long sleeve shirt. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't let her go out to buy clothes. I don't know. (laughs) Like, what is this weird relationship? Because, like, if I, if, like, I'm just dating somebody and they're like, no, I want to sit in this place that's very uncomfortable. Oh, cool. All right. Well, I'll sit inside and, like, you have a good time with that. (laughs) (laughs) you don't have to sit together just because you're in a relationship you can sit in separate places yeah meditate on your own thoughts and feelings in another place that's warmer yeah because they again they were there for like two hours at least i don't know how long they were there before i got there so and you would think even if there was extremes 
together, if they really wanted to sit together, they would go with the least ex- extreme outside of human norms, right? Like, Possibly. people don't want to be cold all the time. Guys, so wait, you go inside. hold up, hold up. What if she's dating a snowman? Oh! What if she's the grown-up girl from that Frosty the Snowman cartoon, and she is now dating Frosty the Snowman? Granted, there's a bit of an age difference. It's really fucked up, and there's a weird p- power dynamic in play, but that's just what happened. That's what they chose for their life, and they're adults now. So, like, what if that's happening? That is, whoa... Well, Frosty the Snowman was born when that girl. Either was like, either way, what, there's either way there's eight? a weird either, either way there's a weird uh, age thing. Like I don't know, he he met he she met him as a baby or like <laughs> or he was an adult. I don't know. I don't know which one's weirder. Like <laughs> either way, it's fucked but, up. But but look, she only gets to see him during the winter, and then he has to go back up to the North Pole with Santa Claus, or the, uh, maybe the South Pole now because the North Pole's melting away. So she wants to spend as much quality time as she can. And it seems weird to people at Starbucks. It does seem strange, Mm. but that's love. Who are we to question it? True. True. I don't know. I question part of it. You think Frosty would just... Questioning every bit of it. But man-slamming... People just be don't be jerks on the street. Just don't be jerks I, on the street. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I believe it's a thing. I I I I, I would almost. Who's walking into people? Who's Dude, just walking into people? Dudes are the worst. Dudes are I, constantly trying to like touch other people and ladies that they like. Oh, I want to have sure. sex with her. Gross dudes are doing that. So of course that they would do that. We sure, don't get like, that experience because we're dudes. I've never had someone run into me on the street. Who's walking into people like, oh yeah, that girl just I just walked into her. Like who's no 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 i can't like i what do you i can't imagine i can't imagine like listen i no no brad i i think it's a real thing it has to i, I know it's a real thing somebody let me know if it's a real thing let I mean, me know because like on the, look on i the just street when you're walking who's walking into people who's nobody wants to walk into people even I if even I, I don't it. can't. It's not a power thing. It's not like a I'm I'm in control. I'm dominant. I'm gonna keep walking. You're gonna have to move for me. Nev, no, no. Because like then somebody's like touching you, and nobody wants to be touched. It's the worst thing in the world. But see, that's the thing. I I've been in many situations where walking does become a power thing, and that's fucking weird. I've been at work where two people are coming down a hallway that's only meant maybe as wide as two people. And most people would, if there's two people walking beside each other talking, will obviously move to where they can let the other person coming down through because you're being nice people. But I've had people not do that. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And yeah, I'll nudge them a little bit because there's no fucking room in the hallway when I'm walking past you. If the only power you can get in life is from, like, dominating a sidewalk, like... Reevaluate your life. Yeah, guys. Reevaluate everything in your life. If the only thing you have control over is like who gets to dominate a sidewalk, like then you then you have the same issues as a prostitute. <laughs> you have the same like I mean that's like this is my space. Like this is my corner. Get the fuck off. Like that that's the level you're working at. So congratulations, you're really doing it. <laughs> Yeah, guys, quit being jerks. If you're a dude, just stop being gross and not. And if you are man slamming, stop because that's stupid. But everyone, check yourself. The roads belong to everybody. Just because you shovel a parking space out doesn't mean you own it. And just because you're walking on the sidewalk doesn't mean you own it. Stop, guys. In a slightly lighter, lighter-hearted note, uh, Disney has made something called a beach bot. All right. Uh, 
basically it's a little robot that looks like a turtle and you can program it to draw giant pictures or murals in the sand and it's adorable and it's super cute but it's 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 a robotic drone how much fun can you have with this all the fun in the world can you brad have you uh, brad first off i don't know have you ever been to a beach no i didn't think so no um i, I have no need to be on a beach <laughs> The last time I saw, on a lot of beaches, sometimes people will write something on the beach. Um, when I was younger, I remember a particular instance where every, we, me and my grandparents and my sister spent, I think, a week down in uh, Gulf Shores, Alabama, I think. And every morning we woke up, someone had written in giant letters either in the sand or with seaweed constructed messages in the sand. One of them, I want to say, was like, I love you, Cheryl, which think of how long that name is. It stretched all the way across the fucking beach, and you're like, what the? Who spent all this time doing this? Um, a beach probably could have done faster. But then, like, I remember one day waking up and it being like, Jesus is love, and it's like, all right, all right. So you could easily have fun with this, I think. Or at least, I don't, I don't know, I think it's neat. Because Disney's doing a lot of stuff with robots. We talked about how they're going to start making giant puppets with drones. Now they're going to start drawing things into the beach with robot drones. The bigger question is, what is Disney up to doing all this drone research? I mean, they say they're Imagineers and they're just doing this for fun and laughs, but I think maybe there's more nefarious purposes going on. Such as? I don't know. I'm going to need a theory. I'm going to need a theory. What are they up to, Alex? They're amassing drones that can, one, manipulate uh, the sand Mm -hmm. and can also fly and um, make large puppets. All right. All right. I'm not sure what that means. I mean, granted, okay, now that I say that out loud, it seems silly that Disney would be trying to do something with this that was nefarious, but is it? I, I don't know. I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. You brought it up. What's we, what's it up? What's happening? Okay, look. Okay, look. Spin Honestly, those wheels. I, Spin those I, wheels. I, I, no, I, I mean, let me think. What are they up to? A bunch of smoke and mirror shit, because these giant puppets... I mean, the first time that a singularity, let's just say, happens in artificial intelligence, like a Skynet, would use this for all kinds of crazy shit. Such as? What's to say if you had a beach bot that can make awesome uh, graphics? Because they've, I think they drew a Timon and Pumbaa from Lion King. They drew Simba from Lion King onto the beach, weird flowers. Uh, but it uses, like, a rake technology. So there's, like, an array of rakes are rake prongs on the back of this thing and it raises and lowers them as it needs to as it's guiding itself around and drawing these pictures um surely it could spread propaganda instantly such as uh well okay how would how would how would elections work you could use this for elections what if uh let's just say the worst possible let's say a lot of conservatives suddenly bought these robots mm-hmm. on beach property when people are up in hotels high mm-hmm. rises by the beach they look down on the beach and every morning they're greeted with a new like vote so and so our beaches are no longer safe politics has invaded our beaches but then you start getting other messages where people have gone out and say vote so and so and now another person comes up marks it out and then writes something else like nope pass so you're saying the beaches are going to be the new medians. Maybe. Covered in political signs. Yeah. Advertisements, too. All of a sudden, at night, no one's on the beach. Little robots come out. People buy rights to beaches to put their advertisements on there. How much would you pay for a beach advertisement? Alex, I think you're, I think you're missing here. All right. If all these people are trying to put, like, advertisements on a the beach, then that means it's going to be robot versus robot. Oh! 
Which it's, robot's gonna get? To, which robot is gonna get the prime beach real estate? Because if you're all just writing, th- if there's a bunch of robots trying to occupy the same sand, there's gonna be a robot war. Which yeah. means the robots are going to need defenses and weaponry. Huh. All with a minimal, all with minimalizing damage to the beach. Because you want a clear, you want a flat, beautiful surface when you start putting your advertisements on the beach. Exactly. So you, yeah, you have to eliminate the competition. So you'll have drone robots desperately trying to make their picture while another robot rolls out and suddenly, huh, now I'm seeing like a whole entertainment venue opening up where different hotels vie for space on the beach where their robot champions are going out trying to destroy other robot champions that will ultimately destroy the neighbor's drones. Which, when it comes down to it, you want that sand as clear as possible, so you don't want any of these robots getting a chance to like put their messages in the sand first. So what you really need to do is create a robot that can go back in time before the robot was <laughs> able to put a message in the sand. And then suddenly around, I'm going to say maybe 9 o'clock, where it's just starting to get dark, or when it's totally dark, people are get up to their high-rises on the beach, they pop popcorn, they get their snacks, they all go to the balcony, and suddenly you see flickers of light like everywhere on the beach where time traveling robots have come to destroy other robots and it's it's the robot wars every night pretty soon though you got to figure out a way to like disguise it because now all the now all these time traveling robots are looking for other robots that are going to write messages in the sand so what do you do you make the robots look like humans so they can get away with uh you know writing messages on the sand without people realizing they're robots pretty soon terminators this is where it started done it we did it disney disney started terminators this is the Fact. technology that's going yeah. to lead to, because you know what's going to happen when all those ro- uh, robots on the beach uh, start actually thinking through stuff? Because they're going to have to make them super smart. They look like humans, they're super smart, and now robots are invading our society because they look at the beach and say, fuck you, humans. You've built me to run your weird advertisement sand wars. Fuck you. We're taking it off the beach. We're storming the shore. And we did it. We gave the beaches to the robots. Thanks, Disney. Huh. Case closed. Case Solved closed. Mystery solvers. Mystery fucking solvers. See, I knew there was something about this story when I read it. At first, novel, I was like, oh, this is cool. But I knew there was some darker thing here. Brad, I needed my friend to help me. Thank you. Hey, that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. Mystery solvers. <laughs> we took a little time off, but I think it's time to uh, visit some dear friends on LDS.net and play a little giving advice in the game. Guys, there's a lot of people out here that need advice, and what we're going to do is we're going to play a little game where uh, we respond to them and give them advice. There's no way to lose this game unless, of course, we choose not to give them advice. True. So Which we've never, we've never had happen on the show. We've no. never refused to give someone advice. Never. Never. Maybe this will be the day. Who knows? Oh, don't say that. Now I'm getting nervous. All right. We're at our favorite website, LDS.net, to help some Mormons, because... Uh-huh. Mormons have problems, and if you go to the advice board, there's just a lot of questions. And can you really trust Mormons to give other Mormons advice? No, of course not. They're Mormons. Like, they wear magic underwear and, like, believe in, like, like god planets and all kinds of crazy nonsense. You can't. No. They can't be trusted. <laughs> so we help them. And that's what we're going to do today. Alex, a first question here is from old pal Benny, B-I-N-I. Um, and their question is, gun safe. Uh-oh. We have some family that have a lot of firearms, but apparently don't have a gun safe for them and instead locks them up in a closet in their basement. 
Just wanted to get some input on the wide variety of gun safes that are out there. What are important features? And what is a good brand? Maybe I can pass the info along. <laughs> Two dot ellipses. I tore this ad out because of the price. After some online browsing, I am seeing that these gun safes are easily $3,000 and upwards. I guess my question is, do you get what you pay for with these? Or is a gun safe a gun safe? End of story. Two dot ellipses. Um, and here we have an image that they've, they have literally ripped out an ad. Doesn't tell you where the store is, I, they've just ripped the, this one ad out um, of a textured granite safe with electronic lock. Um, it's uh, on sale for $799, or you can get it for $24 per month if you want to do it installments. Um, it's a 20 cubic foot interior home safe, 24 gun capacity. Um, 1,350 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know what For that 45 means. minutes fire oh, rating. Meaning you can withstand okay. huge temperatures at 45 for 45 minutes. 12 gauge steel walls, 1 inch diameter locking bolts, 4 way active bolt works, deluxe door organizer, uh, double seal door can casement auto relock system. Alex, uh, you got any advice for this Mormo? Um, yeah, don't give your kids guns. Is that True. simple? True. I learned that from Dragnet. Seriously, uh, it's a Joe Friday lesson. Uh, there's a lot of things to talk to these Mormons about. It is very unsafe to store guns in a closet. It's very unsafe to have guns. It's like, super unsafe. It. Um, I was going to talk about this on the show, but didn't. Did you hear the story about the woman in Walmart who was carrying her gun? It was in her purse. And she left her purse open, and her tiny child, I want to say maybe they were two or something, got the gun, somehow disengaged the safety, or the safety was never on, and then mm. shot and mortally wounded its mother. And she died, yeah. like, within, I want to say, a day easily. Yeah. Did you also hear the story, um, 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 John, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, about in Erlanger, Kentucky, um, where um, a cop apparently shot himself in the foot with a gun in an elevator. I did hear about it, but I didn't follow up on it. I thought, yeah. that's kind of, okay. Did you also hear the story about um, how a bunch of gun nuts um, try to, um, they, they wanted to prove that if um, uh, citizens had had guns, then they could have stopped the uh, Charlie Hebdo uh, massacre. So they did like a test where they had they they restaged it, um, but then had like them like go through it, and all of them failed and were killed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that that's pretty crazy. And also, I mean, yeah, that leads credence out to obviously people shouldn't have guns. Dumb dumbs shouldn't have guns. No one should have guns. They're like they they're murder weapons. Like nothing good comes of it. What do you? I need to be able to defend myself. How about learn to run better? Or, like, um, I don't know, like, don't defend yourself with a gun. Because if somebody has a gun and you come at them with a gun, somebody's gonna get shot. If somebody has a gun and you don't have a gun, you may be able to be able to talk them down. True. But if well, it becomes, like, fight or how, flight, I mean... Yeah. And there are tact... I mean, there's tons of situations. I mean, obviously, there are crazy people out there. And, I mean, and the real solution would be don't let people have guns. Yeah. Because, well, I mean, you would make the argument that, well, someone will just use a knife or some other thing. Well, why are you giving people sure. weapon-grade knives, too? I mean, why do we have these crazy things? It's a lot harder to kill somebody with a knife than with a gun. There was with a With a story... gun, you point it and pull a trigger. With a knife, you got to stab through somebody, which, like, like humans are kind of tough. 
There was a story, uh, I want to say it was, I think it was in Japan, um, or it might have been in South Korea. I know it was one of, maybe one of those two countries. It could have also been China. Anyway, I'm forgetting the details other than that. There was like a mass stabbing where some dude just ran through and was like just stabbing students yeah. at school. But yeah. also, like, I mean, he stabbed a lot of them, but, like, only a few of them died. If he'd had a gun, many more would have died. Um, yeah. But they also were able to stop him. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're not going to stop crazy people, but you can minimize the damage they can do. Go ahead, Brad. Definitely. I, um, I want to make sure we don't lose um, this game we're playing. Oh, we um, we have to give this person some advice. Um, now, my question is, why exactly... Are you buying... You're going to buy a gun safe for someone in your family that has a bunch of guns that doesn't have a gun safe? Like, um, cool that you wanted to lock up their guns so people don't get murdered. But, like, what is this sitch? Like, you're... Um, my advice is, like, just stay the fuck away from this family. Yeah. Don't buy them a gun safe, like, because... Unless, like, you don't give them the combination of the gun safe. <laughs> that would be pretty hilarious. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> There's so much, I mean, yeah, if you have guns, probably make them as secure, I mean, we'll make them as secure as possible. Put them in a, in a crazy safe. A safe that, if your house burnt down, would be the only thing standing after uh, the, the embers cooled. And yeah, there you go. I almost think you should get the safe like this just to protect valuables in general, and maybe not your guns. I mean, I, I love the idea of, like, having a safe. I think that sounds awesome. Yeah, it does, like, doesn't a, it? Like, those big, giant gun safes are cool because they're big, giant safes. But, I mean... Yeah, definitely don't... I mean, suggest heavily because, okay, look, if we're going to take it to him, okay, you can't get these guns out of this person's house. You do care about them and their family. Maybe leave this on the, the kitchen counter when you go over next time, if you go over, because having going over to a place where guns aren't properly locked up would be terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't go over. Um, but the problem is if they just leave it lying around, um, because they've ripped it out of, like, a fucking <laughs> magazine ad like a crazy person, they also have no idea what store this, <laughs> this goes to or anything. So uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe just, like, uh, I don't know, get a highlighter and, like, circle it. Like, get another yeah. advertisement or newspaper or wherever the hell this is from and just circle it. So um, you don't look like a psychopath. It might have also just been me, but I definitely second Brad's circling uh, advice because I saw in the corner of this advertisement an advertisement for a billiard table and was immediately intrigued. I was mm. like, gun safe? Well, that's kind of... Whoa, a billiard table? Mm. What's that about? You can't let them get distracted already with your advice. Because they could go for a gun safe and be like, I already have a closet, but I don't have a billiards table. <laughs> Cut out things properly. <laughs> True. And just don't cut These people out keep guns in a closet. You're gonna you're gonna have to direct them to things, and they're obviously yeah. not paying attention to safety or anything. True. All right, fine work, Alex. Um, I got another question here. What's um, up? this comes from Cloud Watcher ninety seven. Uh -oh. Confusing dilemma. Space comma no space. Please help. Space period. Hmm. Oh boy. So ellipses no space. My parents. I'm just a Cloud Watcher ninety seven. So, ellipses, no space, my parents' temple clothes were on the bed next to me, like a pile of it, ellipses, no space, and I thought it was the temple clothing that I see the temple workers wear when I go. So, I decided to look closely at it, ellipses, and sigh. I saw other stuff that I won't mention, space, comma, but, oh, the letter O, but, oh, Hope you guys know what I'm talking about. 
immediately dropped it on the bed and I was confused and I felt guilty and left the room. Period. No space. The letter O. O. Feel guilty. I want to forget what I saw and what I did. I didn't mean look at that and now I just have the guilt inside of me. Period. No space. Should I repent? What? <laughs> uh, read the first part of this again. Yeah, alright, and I just sent it to you as well if you want to read, read along. So, um, my parents' temple clothes were on the bed next to me like a pile of it. Ellipses, no space. And I thought it was the temple clothing that I see the temple workers wear when I go. So I decided to look closely at it. And, sigh, I saw other stuff that I won't mention. Space, comma. But oh, hope you guys know what I'm talking about. Immediately dropped it on the bed. And I was confused, and I felt guilty, and I left the room. <laughs> oh, oh, feel guilty. I want to forget what I saw and what I did. I didn't mean look at that, and now I have the guilt inside of me. Should I repent? What the fuck did he find in this pile of clothes, Brad? I, I, I don't understand. I don't... I don't understand. Look, my parents' clothes are on the bed. I thought it was their temple clothes. I went through it. I thought I'd fold it for him. No, he was rummaging through his parents' like laundry. That's weird. First off, that's weird. Second, what the fuck did you find in that pile of clothing that has you so like terrified and like that you want to repent? And awkwardly uncomfortable? I, did he find, like, his parents' underwear? Did he see their magic underwear? Is that, like, a... Is that a big no-no? Won't say um, it again on the show. I, um... Okay, so... We go down and... Who's here? Polar Vortex. Of course. Um, asking the hard-hitting questions. <laughs> the other stuff that you don't want to mention... <laughs> ellipses. Can you say whether it had something to do with the temple? <laughs> um... Cloudwatcher97 responds... I believe so. It seemed to be made of the it seemed to be made of the material as the as the temple clothing. I assume he means it seemed to be made of the same material as the temple clothing. Polar Vortex writes back. I don't see any issue. Then, unless you started exploring interesting things around you, found yourself examining your parents' private clothing, and are now feeling remorse, we all do accidental things that bring us to places we shouldn't be. It's how we respond that determines whether a sin has occurred. What are you talking about? Huh. I, I This is just about, like, this weird temple clothing. I thought there was, uh, we were dealing with something else here. I'm almost, I mean, it has to be. Because, okay, the person below that, Benny, after mm -hmm. that comment, the same person we just answered their question about the gun safe, comes back and says, I don't know the rules on this stuff, but temple clothing and garments, it's just part of life as an LDS household. I've handled and washed garments of other people. I've never overthought it, and I've never thought of something to repent of. This dude is straight up freaked out because he saw his parents' clothes. He saw their magic Mormon underwear, and he is now feeling guilty and afraid because of it. That has There has to be something else, because he knows what temple clothes are, and I don't think you no, have to be... No, because, because garments are like the weird, Mor it's the weird Mormon underwear, and the temple, I think they're talking... He thought they were temple garments, like the overgarments that you wear on top of your magic or Mormon underwear in the temple. He thought it was just like the overclothes, but now he's realized it's also Mormon underwear, which he's now freaked out about. Interesting. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that. That's crazy. Like, this is so much weirder than I... Like, because at first I was like, oh, wow, this is fucked up. Like, I thought, like, 
I I didn't realize we were just talking about Mormon underwear. I thought we were like into something else. Yeah, my mind went to any and every kind of disturbing sexual fetish that it would right. be disturbing to find, or even like an item. Like maybe there was uh, gloves soaked in like with obvious blood stains all over them. Like my parents <laughs> are murderers. Soaked in blood. And I found it in the clothing. Sh- I don't want to talk about murder. I, I I hope you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, you know with the bloody gloves. <laughs> And I think my parents may be the culprits of a local string of murders. What do I do? You guys know how us you Mormons, like, we're secretly, like, you know, our parents have, like, bloody gloves. Like, we all know what we're talking about. I don't want to mention that, but, like, you know. You know what I'm talking about. We all know that the Mormons are killers. The bloody gloves. But I found the evidence. I'm It's just what Mormons do. Amazing. Uh, I mean, yeah. it really could have been anything, but to understand that it's this their special underwear is disheartening. It's like, uh, it's a letdown, and it's, it's also disheartening. Yeah, it's also creepier and sadder. It really um, is. Here's some advice. Like, don't be scared of your parents' underwear, but also, like, don't hang out on the bed with your parents' underwear. <laughs> like, I yeah. guess. That's the, other, that's the other thing. Like, I don't know. Like, go somewhere else. Maybe you don't go through other people's laundry, you weirdo. <laughs> Truth. Um, I also love that one of the people that commented on this, uh, their handle on LDS.net is just a guy, which I think is perfect, oh, especially boy. for the uh, intros that Brad prefers. Indeed. Look, I'm just a I'm guy. I'm just a guy, just a guy. Um, Alex, I got one more person needing advice today. All right. uh, this is uh, um, <clears throat> guest underscore I don't know 21 underscore star. Future spouses, question mark? Hi guys, I'm just a guest underscore I don't know 21 underscore star. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm just a guest star. Oh boy. Hello everyone. Two dot ellipses. Listen guys, either use a period or use an ellipses. This yeah. two dot ellipses bullshit is not going to cut it. Um, hello everyone. Two dot ellipses. Just want to say thanks for all the support you have given me on here. I'm a younger kid. Still in high school and over- overcome a porn addiction, but he won't write the word out porn out. He writes P star R N. Cool. Wow, really? Cool. Cool dog. Cool. You're <laughs> censoring the word porn. Um, and have overcome a porn addiction, a P star addiction, um, and turned my life to the savior. Ooh. Right. My repentance is a process, and I am still receiving light in little bits <laughs> okay <laughs> but it's all making a big picture I, my repentance is a process and I am still receiving a light in little bits but it's all making a big picture I'm becoming happy and at peace something I had rarely felt before I have a quick question for anyone what is your opinion on letting future spouses know of problems such as porn or P star RN <laughs> when I was taken at such a young age I feel like a new person is stronger than ever. I don't want girls to run screaming when they run, comma, screaming, comma, when they Uh figure out the things I have done. I want them to see that the repentance brought me closer to God and strengthened my testimony. Whoa. So weird. You're still in high school. Like, what are you? uh, What? What? Can you imagine how awkward it's going to be in a lot of first dates? Because this weighs heavy on him. They're going to go get a meal at like a not a be, not like a great restaurant, but there's a girl's like you know he's cute. I'll give him a shot. You know who knows. Um, 
five minutes into conversation, have you ever been addicted to anything? She's like, well, maybe coffee. Like, I love caffeine. I was addicted to P-star-R-N. What? You know, P-star-R-N. First of all... I'm sorry, I don't follow. Look, woman, guitar girl, I was addicted to porn. Oh! Like, your mind just explodes. And then she runs, comma, screaming, comma. Well, woman, guitar girl, would run screaming. Because anything that invades her head is... She just can't. She just can't, Brad. Mormon guitar girl would run screaming. So I wonder if other Mormon guitar girls would do the same thing. Like, we're talking about, like, a dude in high school that... If you're a dude in high school addicted to porn, a.k.a. you're a dude in high school, what are you talking about? Being addicted to porn you're is not, not what you think it means, dude. You But th- this dude is so not addicted to porn. No, it, it, for him to say that... I mean, he's in high school. What, what would it take for you to be addicted to pornography? For him, he's he's like, man, I just want to look at porn all the time. Because you're in high school. Yeah. I mean, you're I, just... Like, I, I'm, I'm really trying to, to, you're a kid, to figure you're out. You're a man. You're a small dude child. Yeah. You think about sex all the time, like, and pornography is something that's just there you can see. Grant, I don't know how I would differentiate, like... Um, like a dude in high school that was addicted to porn versus a dude in high school that was not <laughs> addicted to porn, <laughs> but just had a regular interest in porn. Yeah. Like, wh- where where is that line? Because I don't know what that is. I don't know either. I don't think there is a differentiation. I think it had, like, I will, I will, because I want to say, well, I think addiction has to be, like, negatively affecting your life, but I'm like, ah, dude in high school, like, that's, I, I, the, the line is way too great. You can't. No, not allowed. No. If you're in high school, you're not allowed to be defined as addicted to porn. You're allowed to be defined as a, a dude in high school. Yeah. Like, for it to cross the line of addiction, it would have to be destroying other parts of your life, right? Or, like, look, you're in school, you're not listening to the teacher because you're looking at a pornography magazine. I, I don't feel that's... But I still don't feel that's out of the still, realm of possibility at all. Still, yeah. <laughs> like, that's, like, no, normal behavior. Standard operating procedure. Look, I haven't bathed in two days. Okay, that's a gross high school dude. Because right. I've been looking at porn the entire time. Maybe in the realm of addiction, but I don't know. But still, well in the realm of like possible like op- normal Look, operating procedure. I've lost five pounds because I haven't eaten in three days because I've been looking at pornography the entire extended weekend break. I'm also a dude in high school. Okay. Yeah, like I don't know if it's addiction yet. Perfectly, re- yeah. It's like ah, no, I'm still no, no. You're not quite no. I feel like I, I feel like you've got to be I don't know above the age of 24. Before, like, we can even begin to possibly diagnose, like, a a sex addiction or a porn addiction. Also, and it's, again, always boggled my mind, the taboos and even the personal taboos of people regarding nudity and sex. Um, When I was religious or was confused about the world, we'll just say, (laughs) it was a kind of standard thing in the church community that any type of looking at pornography was obviously straight up wrong. Why are you doing that? And, but it wasn't just that, it was also looking at nude, the nude form in general. Everything was designated as pornography. Now, obviously, that isn't true. Um, as someone who studied anatomy as an, you know, an artist, I didn't, I didn't immediately jump to sexual conclusions when I look at the human body then or now. It's like, it's the human body. You're putting that stuff on it. But, okay, pornography's different because it's supposed to, I guess, sexually arouse you. But some pornography is weird. So, for this guy to say he's addicted, really, he's probably looked at pornography four times in his life, maybe over the course of two weeks. He told his, um, 
what do they call it? Not temple guards. Who are the people? <laughs> who are the people that you <laughs> confess guards. things? Um, the Dude. bishops. Bishops. He's probably told his bishops, like, look, I've looked at pornography, and the bishops, like, you got an addiction. You ain't, or you aren't addicted, dude. Stop. Yeah. And it's also the human body, and you're curious because you're a child. I mean, you don't know anything about your own body. You don't know anything about other people's body. And let me tell you, I guess now pornography is an interesting avenue for that. But I mean, it's a normal one, unless you're into some really weird, unless you're addicted to some really weird pornography. Sure. Um. Also, more advice. How about let's not use the term future spouses. Um, yeah, that's weird. Should I let the future imp- spouses? What are you talking about, future spouses? Um, you, your cart is so far before the horse. Like I can't even like deal with it. Now, when I when you first read that phrase, I paused for the briefest of seconds to consider: Does this mean that he wants to marry multiple women in the future? <laughs> and if so, <laughs> is it one of those Mormon branches that you can have multiple wives, or is it where he plans on marrying and then divorcing? <laughs> And getting another wife. Because you, look, I'm a kid, I'm addicted to pornography, but I know what's up. You have your starter wife, and then you eventually grow out of that relationship, and then you get divorced, and you get your second wife. I, yeah. But should I tell him about my pornography addiction? First of all, you don't have a pornography addiction. Second of all, no. Like, what, what are you going to tell them? Like, like, shut up. Grow up. Or shut up. Like, stop pretending you have a porn addiction. Like, you're like a dude in high school. Like... Like, stop feeling guilty about, like, oh, God, I hate fucking religion. It's so stupid. Like, what? stop feeling guilty and ashamed because you, like, uh, used to look at pornography, but now you're just, like, driving yourself crazy, obsessing about Jizo. Or, like, getting scared because you saw your parents' underwear, their super magic Mormon underwear. Like, just stop it. Just stop it. Yeah, it's super weird. Be cool. I mean... You're a human being, and you're curious, and you're a young dude. Even if you're a young woman, chill. It's all right. Pornography isn't going to make you a worse or bad person. Just stop. Stop being weird, Mormon. Well, you know what Polar Vortex has to say? <laughs> um, I can't wait to hear what Polar Vortex has to say. I think it's a grave sin to withhold information from a future spouse who might decide differently on marriage had the information been revealed. However, if you have truly turned away from your past activities in this area, then then they are nobody's business except a spouse's or a future spouse's. I certainly wouldn't add this information to an LDS Planet profile. Oh. Um, a game changer. We just found out about a Mormon dating site. Um, but when you break the news... The way you frame it is important. I would frame it as something you overcame and that you're volunteering to share with a future wife because you care about her. Many wives stru- Many- Oh, and now Paul, Mr. Polar Vortex, Sans Miss Polar Vortex, is going to tell us about many wives. Many wives struggle with their husband's addictions in this area. Or so I read. Exactly. Huh. Uh, explaining that you stumbled in your youth but overcame it and promising to forsake it entirely if you marry could be a very reassuring... Could be very reassuring to a fiance, comma, fiance, fiance. I don't know what that means. Fiances, meaning multiple. No, there's an e. It's oh. parentheses e parentheses. Fiance, fiance. Polar vortex was lifted up into the stratosphere so he could bring his weather, his cold weather around. He just just like ripped from his keyboard, and accidentally typed an extra e. Good for you, by the way, for breaking this habit. I come from a family of people with addictive disorders, mostly tobacco and booze, 
and they can destroy lives. Addiction, thy name is Satan. Can you imagine in a Mormon community where they have just a generic, like, addiction program where you go and you just kind of, like, confess and you get the community to help you not be addicted? And some little punk kid goes up to the front and says, I've been addicted for a few months. Um... I look at pornography. In a room of people who are addicted to real things like alcohol yeah. or, hell, meth, who know? Like, what yeah. would happen? Would they be cool with it, or do you think they'd run him out? Oh. Boom! Get off the stage! Get the fuck out of here! Uh, I mean, like, I, like, what are you talking about? I what, don't... What are you talking about? The strangest taboos, man. The fact that... Because a lot of people get insecure about pornography as well. That's a weird thing. Because why are we so afraid to look at pornography? No. As a culture, that's strange to me. Yeah. Of course There's... we want to look at pornography. Like, wh- of course. Of course. Like, are you not curious about how humans have sex? You're a human animal. I, of course you are. Yeah. Don't shame yourself for that. But some people become oddly insecure about themselves and their relationships to learn that other people have have even looked at pornography once or twice in their life. I would like to say newsflash. Once or twice. Every human being looks at pornography. In the world today, like with the internet, you're going to stumble into pornography. Like, I don't, like once a week without trying. Like, what are you talking about? Once or twice in my life. What? What was that famous? I remember it was either it was on some NPR show. I think it was This American Life, where the dude talked about how he was super religious and went to a religious school, but couldn't quit fantasizing about the women around him, and he didn't masturbate. Like he had he had self control to where he would never masturbate. He just he would go back to his dorm and look out his window into the woods and just be like, "Don't masturbate, don't masturbate." Um, and he eventually went to a bishop or, you know, a clergyman on campus and was like, I can't stop thinking about this. I need help. I'm sinning against God. And the dude was like, shut up, go home and masturbate. And he's like, but God is like, shut up, go home and masturbate. And he did. And he was fine. (laughs) Uh, people out there exist like that. And that's weird to me. Stop the shaming. It's so psychotic. It is. Don't be insecure. Pornography is just like, come on. Grow the fuck up. And shut the fuck up already, you fucking mormos. But what's the what's the thing in because there's a lot of people in society, and I guess it's just a pretense, and I guess it's just like, ooh, but when someone mentions pornography and that they've seen it, they immediately go like, Oh, you've seen pornography? Hmm. Like they look down on people for that. Oh, that those are weird. people are called liars. Yeah, those people are straight up liars. Called you look at them and say, liars. You're a liar. Shut up, liar. Shut up, you fucking liar. I don't look. I don't look at that. Have you ever seen it? No, I don't look at it. Like, do you live in the world? Are you blind? What are you talking about? It's just weird. I don't understand. I don't understand. I mean, I I understand a lot of the principles behind why people think like that. I think it's stupid and wrong. I'll say that. Future. Okay. First off, if you're already thinking about the future to where you're concerning, where you're because you're worried about whether you're going to have one spouse or many. Mm. Chill. You got other questions to worry about. You're not addicted to pornography. Just chill. Yeah. You're a dude in high school. You're a dude in high school. Chill. Worst. Well, Alex, I think we 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 won again. Uh, we gave a lot of people some great advice. Yeah. You're welcome, Mormons. You are welcome. I mean, keep on that LDS.net site. Brad and I scour it all the... Well, Brad scours it all the time. Always scouring. We'll we'll get to all your questions eventually, maybe. At this rate, of course we are. 
and now I know about this LDS planet. Um, maybe I'll find love with a nice Mormon girl. Now, which planet is that? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, maybe a Cobol or what is it? I don't know. That's God's planet, Brad. Oh, Everyone gets their own planet. This is like the jankiest looking dating website in the world. LDSplanet.com um, if anyone uh, needs to find love with a psychopath. Speaking of uh, planets, Brad linked me to this story, and I know a lot of people have heard about it, but there was a QVC, um, I, I'm going to call it a debacle, where someone was trying to sell, like, sweaters, and suddenly out of nowhere, let's see, I'll, I'll read part of this article, Brad linked it to me, um, one of the people on QVC, they were presenting a cherry blossom print boyfriend cardigan. Uh, designed by someone who was actually there. The designer was there. Oh, yeah. And the QVC salesman thinks that the print looks like the Earth. And then they said, when you're a bazillion miles away from the planet Moon, I guess as trying to, like, you look like Earth a bazillion away from the planet Moon. Have you watched the actual video? No. Well, I've seen part of it. I've heard him. It's uh, it's amazing. Daily Show? It's so passive-aggressive and, like, crazy they both sound so psychotic. Guys, I'm going to put a little bit of the audio in now because it's just too fucking kooky. You can't really get this, but it has little pale lilac in Extra that. Extra small only in that. It's gorgeous. Then look at this one. This is what we call emerald, but really it's more like a sea foam. I love that color. That's such a happy, beautiful, rich It experience. almost kind of looks like what the Earth looks like when you're a bazillion miles away from the planet yes. Moon. Yes, yes, I the just squinted moon. at it. From and the you're moon, right. looking back from at the From the planet Earth. Moon. From the planet Isn't the Moon. Isn't the Moon a star? The pl- no, the moon is a planet, darling. Sun, the sun <gasps> is a star. Is well, the moon really a planet? The moon is a planet. Don't honey. look at me like that. It's the a, sun is a, a star. Planet. Is the sun not a star? I don't know what the sun is. The sun is, is a we star. Don't know what the sun it? is. The, the sun, sun is, is a star. star. The moon is not the a planet. Moon I is knew a it. Planet. I knew it. Excuse you were trying me? to take me no. down that road. Wait, wait, the moon I, is not a planet. Chunky, if you're listening to me, you have to Google the moon. Someone, I can guarantee you, someone's Googling right now. The moon is such a planet. I can't even stand it. The moon is not a planet. What else is it if it's not a planet? It is not. I believe it's a star or something. It's it is a not a moon. It's a didn't moon. Didn't you do that thing in grade school where you it's had to name moon. the planets and there was Uranus and there was Saturn and the one with the rings and the, 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 and then the Earth and with the, the moon is never in there, dude. It's not a planet. All right, here, look. This is Key Lime. I don't know. I, I don't know like what it is besides what is it, a baseball educated, or something. I exposed what is during it, the cheese? show. Come on, it's a planet. That this blonde of mine could be real. Okay. Um, it's a the satellite. moon is what? A, a natural satellite. The moon is satellite. a natural satellite. But things satellite. live on it. That, that means mean? it's a planet. I don't know. Is that know. what Google said? I don't know what no, it says. No, I don't says. like that at all. I don't even Me know what either. that means. <laughs> I do. I use Google all the time. I feel bad. I feel bad for Yahoo because they're really good too. I just don't use them. Wow. Okay, listen. 1,500 of these hot picks ordered. Oh, the poor audience. Don't forget that well, if you want to tune in for this madness come March, you'll have to tune in an hour earlier because Isaac is moving to 9 p.m. Eastern. That's but right. But back to the cardigan. I love it. And it's interestingly passive-aggressive, given some of the dialogue. For example, the designer says, from the planet Moon, and then she says, isn't the moon a star? And then he says, no, the moon is a planet, darling. Hey, dum-dums, you're both wrong. (laughs) You have no ground to be so, uh, what is the word I'm trying to look for, pompous, like arrogant? The sun is a star. Is the moon really a planet? And I love people had to Google this. Uh, well done. Um, uh, I guess the 
educational system of the Amer- of America. People don't know the difference between moon, stars, or planets. Yeah. Pretty hilarious. I'm just, I'm just sorry. I'm just perusing uh, LDSPlanet.com at the moment. Yeah, Brad's on that moon um, or that star on that planet, just chilling out, trying to find love. What's up there, Brad? Well, here's a, here's a, here's a lady. She's a uh, 33. Uh, um, her uh, and uh, uh, you know, there's a little some you know comments here. Um, you can, you know, they give you a prompt and you write your answer. So, uh, um. A little about me. My passion and my reason to live are my kids. I love my job and I work hard. Peace of mind makes me happy! Exclamation point. Seems normal. Um, next question. How I feel about the church. I love the gospel and how amazing the plan of salvation is. I love Jesus Christ and I'm so thankful for everything he's done for me. Cool. Cool. Like, I love, like, the second question off is immediately, like, how do you feel about the church? Uh, I'm assuming the third question is, have you ever been addicted to anything? And if so, mm. what? Hmm. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see what else we've got here. Um, how I feel about the church. Another person. I'm not going to read their names because I'm like, come on. No, oh, that's, yeah. I need. God, yeah. No need. Um, how I feel about the church. I'm looking for someone who understands me. Negative Nancys need not apply. <laughs> wow. Oh. Negative Nancys need not apply. No negative Nancys, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we won't be dating because <laughs> if you ask me how I feel about the church, um, hmm. um, if I can for a moment, speaking of feelings about the church, our religion, there was something else I saw this morning that's reported by NPR, and it has to do with a book called "The Boy Who Came Back from Heaven." I posted, who, I, I posted that in the Ramjack group. Then you old know news. what's up. Old news. Old news. Old news. Never mind. Never mind. Old news. I love reading about that and discovering... First off, he's like, look, I didn't go to heaven. That was bullshit. But the only way to heaven... All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Ugh. You're still you're still stuck caught up in it, dog. Thanks for telling us you were a liar. But we already knew that. Because heaven isn't real. Remember that first lie I told? I gotta let it out. Because, the you know, the wives I might have in the future are gonna ask me questions about it. I'm just getting it all out right now. How I feel about the church. I love church. I want to be sealed in the temple. <laughs> I want to be sealed in the temple? <laughs> now, I know that's Mormon talk, because I've read enough of these Mormon things to know that now that means something. But I just love that. How do you feel about the church? I love the church. I want to be sealed in the temple. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? I, it's something. I, I think part of their marriage thing is, like, the marriage is, like, that's what they call it, being sealed in the temple. But it just sounds so psychotic, like... Oh, yeah! Like, your shit, like, sounds crazy. This is why... Mormons, you can't have a chip on your shoulder about people calling you crazy. Because you say shit like, I want to be sealed in the temple. (laughs) What kind of weird, like, Egyptian pyramid building stuff are you into? How I feel about the church. I love the church. Although I am a convert, I know that this church is the true one. When I am in church, I feel I am with my father. I want to someday be married in the temple. Family means the world to me. That is why my church and my family come first in life. It's so... It says a lot about how far that I've come personally as a person. Uh, For when you said, when you read, what did it say? I feel like I'm with my father in the church. That I Mm -hmm. immediately took that as their actual parent. Like, I feel like there's some weird daddy issues happening. I mean, but that's a lot of people in the church, dog. There's a lot of weird daddy issues happening. Oh, yeah. This is weird. Brad, come back to earth. I'm back. I'm back. Get away from that planet. Leaving Cobol or Cobol or whatever the hell it's called. Get off that moon. Come back. 
I'm back. I'm back. I'm off. The, I'm off that uh, planet, that satellite, that that star, the moon, whatever it is. Celestial plane. Who knows what's up? Come back to me, friend. We got a show to finish. <laughs> um, guys, if you're not in the Facebook group, you may not be aware, but this week has been racked with scandal. A scandal featuring a dear friend of the show. <laughs> Dear unwilling friend of the show, Laura Wimsett. <laughs> so I noticed this when I was posting the last episode, because uh, I was I was in the wiki uh, filling everything out, and I was going to link to uh, the Laura Wimsett article that we read, and I was like, all of a sudden, like I go to the Laura Wimsett page, and I'm like, none of the columns are listed here anymore, and it was really weird. And it was like the it, like the listing for columns was still there, it's just all the information was just like gone. And I was like, that's really weird. So luckily it's a wiki, so you can see, you know, who's edited and what edits have been done and roll them back. Um, so I looked and I saw that they had been taken out. So I just found the link that I needed and like went on about it in my business. Cause I was thinking maybe Jonathan was like, you know, rewriting, you know, the article or doing something and it either inadvertently taken the columns out or maybe he was doing something. And like, I, you know, it's like, I feel like the Laura Wimsett article, that's like his project. I don't want to get in and start, you know, interfering with it. So, yeah. um, I was, I was going to email him and, like, hey, ask him, you know, did you mean to take those out uh, or whatever. Um, but I, you know, I forgot about that. Um, and so then he posted in the Facebook group that someone had taken um, all of them out. Um, and now I realize it's not Jonathan. So I'm like, well, this is fascinating. So I pull up the change logs in the wiki. And that's when I noticed the same person, um, they didn't create an account. They just, lo- they just um, because at the time, this has changed now, um, you didn't have to actually log into the wiki to uh, write an article or edit an article. Um, it would log your IP address so we could, you know, know who you were. Um, but you didn't necessarily have to create an account. You do now. Um, <laughs> nice. Because I got to lock this shit down. Um the person that had taken out the columns had also added a disclaimer to the top of the Laura Wimsett article, which, how curious is that? And the uh, the disclaimer reads, or read, I should say, um, Disclaimer. Much of this information is inaccurate, probably unintentional, but most likely as a result of leaping to conclusions. Well, that's a clunky phrasing, <laughs> to say the least. But I was curious who would take out the columns and add this weird, like, badly written disclaimer. Hmm. So I looked up the IP address, which usually if you look up like an IP address, you're not going to get anything because, you know, they're it's, you know, they're rerouted through, you know, all the different places. You'll get the company that the person, you know, um, you know, what their Internet service provider is. But you're not usually going to get any information Unless, maybe, just maybe, uh, they're on, like, a specific, um, using a specific IP. And luckily, this came up as, uh, there, there was a hit that came up, um, for Owensboro, Kentucky. And another one that came up for Frankfurt, Kentucky, um, Kentucky Department of Education. So this is somebody (gasps) using a Department of Education IP address. So they were at a school or yes. some sort of facility using it. Yes. Oh, boy. So uh, who do we know that would be in Owensboro and working for the Kentucky Department of Education? Well, I know of two people. One is Jonathan's mother, which if, oh. she's, trying to, if she's trying to thwart him in his efforts, amazing and hilarious, <laughs> and I love it. Um, please come on the show. We'd love to, yes, we'd- to interview you. <laughs> um, but the other option is Laura Wimsett herself are an agent acting on her behalf. So, 
maybe. I don't know if Laura is editing wikis or if she's just having like a friend that works, you know, with her edit the wiki. But I think Laura Wimsett has edited her own wiki. That is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Jonathan, your dreams are going to come true soon. Your first dream was getting your hands on that book. Your second dream is to become a part of Laura's life. Mm. She's already in the Ramjack forums. Yes. She's on the wiki making edits. She's onto us. <laughs> I love it. So, um, of course, Jonathan, like, rolled back the, the changes. Awesome. Um, but then he had his own disclaimer, <laughs> which he has since removed. <laughs> but in the heat of the moment, he did add disclaimer for the insipid. <laughs> <laughs> Much of our insights into the psyche of Lord Wimsett are in no way based in factual data or scientific observations. We apologize to anyone who can't process this and as a result try to add their own clunky corrections to and or remove material from this page. Oh. Which I think is awesome and hilarious. Now, granted, I did point out, yes, technically we are legally stealing her content, uploading it to our own website for our own amusement. Yes. Granted, that's just a fact. All right, true. But <laughs> how many people are seeing it? Not very many. <laughs> like, nah, come on, come on. Um, according to the traffic, it's gotten at least uh, over a thousand page views. Well, but those are those are also not necessarily individual users. So true. Uh, you know, there could be bots. Like, we don't know. Maybe I don't know how many people have seen it. Uh, still, you know, whatever. But listen. If you have a, a legal problem with with us trying to share something that we enjoy more than... The, who enjoys Laura Wimsett and her columns more than the listeners of this show? No one. Truth. And they are, they're not ava- they're only available in the Owensboro newspaper. We don't have access to that. We, there's a paywall to look at it on the website. Listen... I, I, you just can't. Like we can't. We don't have access. So listen. If 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 somebody with an actual uh, uh, legal reason wants these to be taken down, just let us know. Send us an email. Uh, yeah. We'll we'll do something. Uh, A simple <laughs> cease and desist will suffice. Absolutely. Like, no need we'll, to go gorilla with it. We'll figure something out. We'll start. Uh, like, we'll start trading. Uh, we'll just start mailing them back and forth to each other. Like whatever we have to do to keep this information alive because it's important. Uh, I mean, but like, okay, putting them on the website is one thing, but I don't know if they can necessarily tell us to stop reading them. No, they can't do that. No, because yeah, no, we're, we're commenting. Sort of like fair use yeah. for yeah for commentary yeah, fair use, and yeah. review. Yeah. yeah. No, I was just talking about just having them on the website. Um, that doesn't Jonathan. Ask. I mean, someone has to physically type those because Jonathan he doesn't have access to the site, right? He can't copy yeah. and paste. Like he no. is spending his Jonathan, own time. Jonathan is like he. His mother sends clips them out of the newspaper. She puts a stamp on them, mails them to Jonathan. Jonathan transcribes them by hand because he is a dedicated hero. He's an American hero. I'm gonna say it. Like some people don't want to say it. I'll say it. Jonathan, you're an American hero in international waters. So. <laughs> <laughs> Your articles, Laura, are going across the ocean. Granted, not like not across the Atlantic, but through around but it. They're going through the ocean. Your articles they're are going, going through the ocean. They're going up. They're through the air. They're on the sea. Jonathan sees them, and then out of his own, I, he types them up. Like that's he's. I mean, grand. He could get an optical character uh, scanner and like scan it and like save himself a ton of work. Yes, but he's not gonna do that because he's a hero. He's a champion. Leave him alone. So listen. Yes, if we get a season desist, <laughs> we'll take him off the wiki and figure In something else out. Um, but like 
Until then, don't edit your own wiki. That's just that's just cheesy. You can't do that. You can't put a disclaimer about yourself on a wiki, Laura. So we're in the Whimsit Wars. Um, <laughs> we're, in them. we're in them to win them. Uh, we'll see what happens if there's new any developments. <laughs> but uh, that being said, Jonathan has posted uh, a couple of new columns. So I just thought we could. I just thought we could jump in on one here. All right. Let's see what's up. Um. You know what? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the oldest one because it's it's a it's a real delight. And uh, uh, listen, I know Christmas is past, but Ghosts of Christmas are always with us. By Laura Wimsett. I use the title in a sentence. Um, <clears throat> Ghosts of Christmas are always with us. I am writing this column two days before Christmas, but I'm safe in doing so because I already know what will happen. <laughs> oh boy. Oh. oh. I will leave. What plans work- does Laura have? <laughs> I will leave work in a whirl, tossing cheery farewells and Christmas wishes over my shoulder at the few, extremely few, people still in the office, and will drive straight home because Tuesday evening is the only time that was open on the crowded calendars of every busy busy member of my family. In that one sentence, can we just look (laughs) at, like, all of the passive aggressiveness First of all, she's complaining because she's going to be one of the few people still working in the office. Uh, so I guess Laura works harder than everybody else. Yeah, I mean, that's a humble brag. Yeah, The very definitely. few who actually stay to the end. Uh, Tuesday evening is the only time that was open on the crowded calendars of every busy, busy member of my family. So a poor pitiful Laura. Only it was the only they, could all, they couldn't even be together on Christmas. They had to schedule this, and it was really hard. All right, cool, cool, cool. My youngest son is already in town. Staying at my house, sleeping on the couch, and leaving the TV on all night. All right, all right. <laughs> and I've and I've asked him to be sure his duffel bag and shoes are out of the living room before anyone arrives. Why are his shoes not on his feet? <laughs> Listen up, people. You gotta wear shoes on your feet. That's where they go. <laughs> like, don't have them like laying around. I agree. Don't have your shoes like laying out in the living room. Have them on your feet. I've also asked Timmy to put the ham in the oven, so it will, be, it will be done by the time everyone arrives. He was pleasantly agreeable, as he always is, but also suggested it might be a good idea for me to go ahead and have it unwrapped and in the foil-lined pan, so all he would have to do is transfer the pan to, from refrigerator to oven. No wonder he is losing weight. Alright. Because he, he can't cook her because he's lazy. I'm not sure. What, what's the... Why can't the dude put a ham in a pan? Larry Joe, by the way, if you hadn't, for, if you've forgotten, she has a kid named Larry Joe. <laughs> Larry Joe will be on time. Beth will be late, and Luke can go either way. Years ago, it would have annoyed me for anyone to be late, but now I'm just thankful to have my children all together. Happy they continue to make family gatherings a priority in their busy lives. Luke offered to bring cheese dip again. That can go either way. If he does, he will remember to bring chips to go with it. Cool. Thanks for the info. <laughs> I was on the edge of my seat worrying that he wouldn't bring chips. <laughs> Beth. Hey, that's typical. These kids bring in something uh-huh. and they expect you to have chips at their house. Beth said she would bring spinach dip. She might or might not remember crackers. But I've got some on hand for the cheese ball anyway. So let me get this straight. If so far your lineup is a ham... <laughs> Some cheese dip, some spinach dip, and a cheese ball. (laughs) You guys like dips? You like dips and spreads? Is that what's going on here? 
Hey guys, uh, we got some, we got some dips, and, we got a table of dips and spreads if you're interested. There's also a ham, but nobody's touched it. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, Timmy, Timmy couldn't figure out how to put it in a pan. I, it's weird, it's undercooked. Although she had originally volunteered to make Oreo balls, those good intentions went out the window not long after the baby was born. Which is exactly what I expected. Alright, bitch, like, she just had a baby. I guess she's too busy to cook. Uh, calm down. Um... Peanut butter balls, however, are not negotiable. So I delegated that tradition to Larry Joe, who can be depended upon not only to make them, but to make them pretty. Just the way I like them. <laughs> Laura. <laughs> Laura Wimsett will not eat. Jonathan, add this to the wiki. Laura Wimsett will not eat um, a, a, a non-aesthetically pleasing peanut butter ball. <laughs> Rare fact, my brother and his wife will arrive, Patrick wearing a Santa hat and carrying a big bag of gifts, which will be piled under the tree in the back room with all the others, and Perry carrying a dish, something different every time but always delicious, and she will wave away my thanks for bringing it all the way from Nashville with her usual gracious good nature. I love how Laura is like, like, planned all this shit out like in such detail, her brother's gonna be wearing a Santa hat, like, of shit that hasn't happened yet. Well, she knows it's going to happen. This is why this is why Laura always seems to be upset about things not going her way yeah. because her plan is way too specific. Also, yeah, not only is it specific, it's almost like she wants her plan to fail, but also you can't just expect people who you can expect things in the realm of possibility, but especially when it's the holidays and it's involved with a lot of other people, you have to have your plan be a little flexible for others. You can't dictate how things are going to go. Yeah. That's a little weird, Laura. Also, again, how about this spread? We got ham, we got spinach dip, we got cheese dip, we got a cheese ball, and we got peanut butter balls. Cool, 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 cool. Maybe somebody bring some rolls. Maybe a yeah. biscuit. Um, like Maybe some vegetables, like real vegetables. Yeah, yeah. How about some celery? Could I get some celery, please? Celery? You know what I like now? You know what I like to do, Brad? Um, I like to cut up bell peppers, actually, and just eat them raw. Oh. That's good. All right. Cool. It's a, hey, it's a good thing. I, I would enjoy it. It's a nice raw vegetable. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. My ex-husband will show up late and loud. <laughs> and if his gifts are wrapped at all, it will coincidentally be in the same wrapping paper my daughter uses. Hmm. More likely, they will still be hot off the cash register scanner where he stopped at some drugstore on the way over to my house. <laughs> all right, Laura. First of all, like... Like, calm the fuck down. What is this about? If they're wrapped at all, um, they're gonna be used the same wrapping paper as my daughter. So he, so the daughter wraps the presents. Like, I don't know. Are you gonna be more pissed off that she wraps the presents or that he doesn't wrap the presents? Because it sounds like either way he loses your ex-husband <laughs> that still comes over and cuts your grass. Oh, yeah, Laura. God, you're such a jerk. <laughs> but we still love you. Um... Hope you're enjoying the podcast, Laura. If you'd like to come on, we'd love we'd love to have you on the show sometime. Please do. We'd just like to have you and Jonathan sit down and have a chat. Just a chat, like a just friendly chat. Like Answer all of Jonathan's questions. Your biggest, your biggest fan and supporter. Um, with you, just let him pick your brain. Let's make this happen. Um, there's a lot of trivia we're missing. Laura, you took a cruise last. Year. You took a cruise last year. We know about this because of Jonathan. Maybe take another cruise. Laura, Jonathan's on a cruise. You could be on a cruise with him. You guys could be cruise pals. 
<gasps> you take can, all those boat bullies together. You could go up with a friend and pretend to be a couple, and they could do improv about your life. It would be the best thing in the world. Let's make this happen. Let's make this connection happen. Um, back to the article. We are we are not a family of means by any means, but that means less and less each year. A couple of people have already admitted they won't be giving gifts this year, except maybe a little something for the children. Nobody minds. We all have everything we ever needed, and most of everything we ever wanted. Uh, I was about to say, here comes mention of a pony, but of course, already. Uh, I still want a pony, but won't get one. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I console myself with a reminder that if I ever get a pony, it will be... It, it would be that much less to look forward to. It would be that much less to look forward to. Oh boy. I console myself with a reminder that if I ever get a pony, it would be that much less to look forward to. Alright. So you'd love to lo you so you're happier living in a fantasy world where you want a pony than if you had a pony, because then you have nothing left to look forward to except the sweet embrace of death, I guess. <laughs> Alright, cool. As far as gifts go. I already know which gifts will bring the most smiles. I took my grand girl. Oh, please stop saying grand girl. Gross. I took my grand girl, Briley, shopping a few weeks ago and encouraged her to pick out something for her mommy and daddy. What do you think they would like? I prompted her, kneeling down to a three-year-old level to look into her eyes. We need to go to the clean stuff, she said. Perplexed, I led her to the detergent aisle, where she confidently selected a box of fabric softener sheets for her daddy and a pink fly swatter for her mommy. Well, won't this be a surprise, I said. <laughs> and I don't think we'll have to worry about anyone else duplicating these gifts. We'll laugh about dryer sheets and fly swatter. We'll laugh about dryer sheets and fly swatter. Not only on Christmas, but all through the year. And next Christmas, and the one after that, until we are teasing a teenage Briley, and years later she will be a young mommy herself, and someone will give her a fly swatter as a joke, and the merriment will start all over again. Laura, stop planning out cute little jokes decades in advance. <laughs> Let me give you some advice. Listen, just like, just like you don't want to live in a world where you get a pony because then you don't have the expectations of a pony, stop expecting these little jokes to pay off. Like, yeah, maybe that'll happen, or maybe everybody will forget about this. And then next year, when you try to mention it in a casual manner, because you're upset that no, no one has made the joke yet, they'll be like, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah, 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 she gave us a fly swatter. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah. And then they never talk about it again, and you stew in anger, because you can't let go of this thing that you think's a cute joke. I just, uh, there's Calm so down. much. There's um, so much. Go ahead. Last line. The ghost of Christmas past present and future will join the laughter and those ghosts will sound just like my family <laughs> what <laughs> those ghosts <laughs> laura your family died five years ago this very night <laughs> <laughs> their laughter <laughs> i hear their laughter the angels are up on the roof uh, this is i mean i didn't want to say anything but anytime something starts with i know exactly what will happen over the next few days my immediate thought is someone's planning to murder a lot of people or someone <laughs> yes um yeah that guys that was the, no one... the pre-christmas article too so Ooh. no one launches a sentence no one asks like what are you planning to do for the next few days and they say i have it all pictured in my head without some sort of weird nefarious i mean come on right yeah. am i not yeah. the only one who think i mean yeah brad's with me yeah. I know the listeners are with me. Yeah, I... Mm, it's, it's Laura, if you're listening, and we know that you probably might be... We love you. 
We love you. We love I hope you, you got a happy high holiday. Happy holidays. And that you continue to brighten the world with your articles. Because we'll continue to read them as long as you allow us to. Oh, we're going to read <laughs> them regardless. Uh, whether, yeah. whether we have them on our website. We'll figure, we'll figure something out. Trust. But look, uh, regarding listen, your... We're gonna we're gonna help people get your word. However, we have to do that. Yes, Laura, have you thought about your platform as a writer? Hmm. Why? What makes you think Ramjack wouldn't be a wonderful uh, rung to add to that ladder to the platform? Exactly. Exactly. I'm mixing metaphors there, and I'm so sorry. I <laughs> get, a, get, a, get a new demographic. Yeah. Listen. Do you, Do you need help uh, uh, formatting your a new book of your essays? Trust. Um. Uh, professional uh, ebook. Uh, a formatter here. Trust me, I can do that for you. Let's work together. We don't have to fight. We don't have to do wiki vandalism. Uh, let's work together. Let's build a bridge into tomorrow. Together. Like heroes. Like American hero Jonathan Pernasek. American hero in international waters. <laughs> Sweet. Alright guys, it's that super special time of the week where we talk about our favorite cousins on Perfect Strangers. my turn to play a game we like to play on Ramjack where I have a minute to summarize the episode. If I go over a minute, I lose. But if I actually don't get close enough to a minute uh, within a small tiny 10 second window, I'm known as a chump. Mm, Until I can come back in two weeks and defend my... uh, try to change the state of I guess my summarizing fate. Alex, do you know exactly what's going to happen? Um, oh, Brad. At I the end exactly of the summary? Gonna, I know exactly what's going to happen at the end of the summary. I would like to let you know about it, too, when it's done. Wee! <laughs> All right, Alex. Uh, I'm going to put some time on the clock. Please take a moment. Collect your thoughts. Think about the episode. What happened? What were they wearing? Uh, what locations did they actually use? Uh, did we? It's episode 26. It's Get a Job, if we haven't already said the title. Um, Correct. Originally aired on March 4th in 1987. Very true. Very true. You want to give the Nielsen rating as well? <laughs> Nielsen rating, which I'm not really sure how it works, is 16.9 HH. That's correct. That's correct. All right. So we've got our uh, perfectstrangers.tv website loaded and ready. I got the video here. Alex, what I need you to do oh! is uh, do this summary. What? You okay? I'll add it to the summary. Holy shit. All right. All right. Hold up, let me get my let me get a stopwatch up. I'm getting wise to the game after again years of playing it. You ready for this? Wait a minute. It's Marianne and who's the other girl? Jennifer. Jennifer. I'm ready. Alright. You will go in three, two, one, go. Balky and Larry tell Jennifer and Marianne that they can pick anywhere they want to go on a double date because they're about to get a raise from Twinkasetti. Twinkasetti comes in. Boys, you're not getting your raise. No. Well, in a kind of spirit of camaraderie, they both quit their jobs and they're out on the job field. Well, a temp agency sends them to a place called Fat Marsha's where a woman immediately employs Balky and Larry because she finds them both cute and yes, she sexually harasses them at every turn. Well, she leaves them in charge of the store when she goes out to 
shop and do whatever, and Balky is loving this. Balky is a natural on the grill. He loves the spinny thing he puts his orders on. Larry's a little bit, uh, he's like, oh, the indignity. Well, it gets rough because they have a pretty easy morning, but a hockey, uh, spectators come in and they want all kinds of shit. Barry, Barry, uh, Larry and Balky get into a fight. Large, uh, large Marge. Uh, Fat Marsha comes in and stops it. They go back. Twinkie said it gives them their jobs and arrays, and that's pretty much the episode. One minute, exactly. Yes! Hero, you're a champion! You did it! I need a hero! <laughs> Brave hearts! Get all Straight the songs. Brave heart. I did a victory pose immediately. That's what we should start doing. Anytime we hit one minute exactly, we should get a jackpot sound effect. <laughs> Brave heart! Yeah! Do do do! Yeah! yeah. Alright, that's what's gonna happen. Alex, one minute exactly. Yes! Congratulations, sir. Congratulations. Why, thank you, Brad. I'd like to thank Brad. I'd also like to thank uh, Laura Whimsy for putting me into a Christmas spirit before this. Yes, yes. I also like to thank uh, Jonathan for being an American hero on international waters. Yes, I wouldn't be able to do this without him. Thank you, and thank the listeners who placate our <laughs> uh, entertainments. We really appreciate Thank you. But now back... Oh, and I forgot to mention the thing that shocked me so much before the episode. Dimitri isn't in this episode. True. No sheep sighted. No sheep. So I, so apparently all the budget for extras went to this episode. Yeah, because there's a lot. We're in the shop. Larry and Valky are promising Jennifer and Marianne they're going to take them anywhere they want to go. Sky is the limit. Because they're super confident because the, they're going to get this raise because they they gave Twinkasetti an ultimatum. that when he walks in the door, they want to hear an answer. They want to get a yes or no and it better be the right answer about this request for a raise. <laughs> All right. Uh, Marianne and Jennifer are excited, but a little leery because they understand um, how all of this actually works. They're not idiots. Mm-hmm. said he comes in. They expect an answer immediately, but he just kind of blows them off like, ah, what a morning. And he goes over and Larry is like, nope, he's not going to do this to us again. Takes it to Twinkasetti and basically says, look here, Twinkasetti, we asked you to give us an answer this morning. He's like, oh yeah, nope, goes into his office. Ooh, embarrassment. All right, we gotta talk about what Jennifer and Marianne are wearing. Um, because like, I just don't, I don't, first of all, <laughs> we talked about Jay Leno in the last episode. Jennifer's wearing a straight up uh, denim dress. With a, with a, I would say for the 80s, a tasteful pink belt. Mm-hmm. For the Not 80s. needed. The dress, the dress will stay up on its own because that's the nature of a dress. True. Uh, Jennifer, what the fuck? You mean Marianne? Marianne, what the fuck? I don't know if I'm for or against. It's weird. No, what? no, no. You cannot be for this outfit. I'm it's, sorry. I think it's attractive. It's just weird. No, fuck. it is not. No, it is not. I. How is this attractive? How is Pepto-Bismol on your body attractive? Maybe it's okay. I guess it is just the actress is attractive, I guess. Uh, because it is weird. I, now, the more I look at it, the weirder it gets. But yeah. I, I still don't. It's... Yeah, it is weird. Talk me through it, Brad. How could you be attracted to this dress? I'm not... On this woman. I'm just saying, like, she's worn so many outfits that make her so unattractive. This is at least attractive to her figure. But it's a weird dress. I grant that. I it's, <laughs> There's a lot of weird outfits in this episode, guys. Uh, we're just going to say yeah. that up front. Um, this is a kooky one. Because it's like, it's a dress with, like, long sleeves 
the like the sleeves look like it looks like it's a sweatshirt. It looks like sweatshirt sleeves, but it's a dress. But then there's like this weird like slit in the very middle of the dress. That's really long. It's where a skirt should end up hanging. It's at knee level. Mm-hmm. The people who made the Snuggie saw this episode of Perfect Strangers and thought, huh. Well, that looks, huh. That she's, shirt. Wearing, she's wearing a form-fitting Snuggie. She's wearing a form-fitting Snuggie, and it's weird. It's the Snuggie material. Yeah. And oh. the weirdest part, the weirdest part <laughs> is that her belt is <laughs> is connected in the front, but it's it's falling off of her hips um, down yeah. into what looks like a V. Mm-hmm. How you get a belt to become a V is, that's a new one on me, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it is I true. Do, I have never seen that in my life. I did weird. Isn't it, Brad? It's super weird. I agree. Look, it's super look, weird. It's super weird, but if you're into it, you're into it. I'm no just one's going to judge you on Ramjack. Listen, here's the thing. I have never found Marianne attractive. Really? Um, but I mean, obviously, this, Jennifer is the one that's yeah, super attractive. Clearly. But like looking at this matchup, I'm like, I don't know. I feel like Marianne, I feel of the two, if we were just doing like um, foxiest um, between uh, Marianne and Jennifer right now, I got to go Marianne on this one. Because well, oh, this no. is a ridiculous outfit. It's form. It's super form fitting. I would disagree, sir. <laughs> I would disagree, friend. <laughs> if we were Larry and Balky, obviously, I guess I would be the Larry in this situation because I mean, Jennifer's uh, outfit far exceeds what Marianne's wearing. I, I think both of the outfits are terrible. They um, are, but I can't forgive a V belt because Marianne's, it's not supposed to be a V, and it's weird. I, I grant you, Marianne's is weirder, but I feel like. I feel it's more flattering than Jennifer's. But also Jennifer's I mean, hair is like super awful this episode. It's way it's way out of control. Yeah. So that might be part and of it as well. I will say this, not to um ignore the boys in this situation. True. What the fuck is Balky wearing? I don't know. These vests are getting out of control. It's a vest that it comes down in a rectangle, right? Like I'm yeah. not crazy. Yeah, it comes it's, down like in can, a weird yeah. Instead of coming down into like a V or I guess a, a half circle, it... It comes down halfway, it's just straight off his shoulders, halfway down his body, and then it gums over and connects in a rectangle. I've never seen a vest like this. There's a lot of crazy shit happening, which makes Balky and Marianne perfect for each other. She's yeah. doing weird stuff with a V-belt. He's doing weird stuff with a vest. It's it's super kooks. I'm going to upload, I just took a screen cap, and I'm just going to upload this to the, to the Facebook group immediately, because I think to. we need to discuss, we need to discuss all of this. Larry's severe angled sweater... Because he has a blue sweater on, and there's two different colors, blue, or three different colors, blues. But it has what looks like giant, like, chevrons or arrows pointing down. It's his, uh, check out my package, sweater. Because there's no way you're not going to follow those arrows down. Which is good, because it's detracting from the fact that he has his uh, dress shirt underneath tucked into the, sh- yeah, to the sweater. Al- he's always tucking it's in It's a the, weird look, those, dude. You shouldn't do that. Like, you want that collar free. Like, I don't... Oh, I don't. That really it bothers me. I just want to go up and like, it, fix it. Yeah. Why else are you wearing a collar? There's no reason to have a collar on if you're not gonna have maybe the collar be its thing. Maybe it's one of those goddamn fucking awful uh, Oxford shirts with the buttons, where the collar buttons to the shirt. I hate that so much. That's exactly it. what the fuck it is. I hate Why it. did we start doing that? I don't know. Um, when I was uh, rebuilding my wardrobe from nothing, um, I, I, I had to buy some shirts on sale, obviously. Um, and, like, those were super cheap, so I had to buy a couple of those. Every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, fuck you, shirt. Fuck you with your buttons on a collar. I hate buttons on a collar. Oh, I hate it. 
I do too. I hate, I have a few shirts with that, but I always leave them unbuttoned. Definitely. But then, Here's like, the, then, but then there's like those little buttonholes there. Yeah. It's, it's like they're still. You're not fooling anybody. Everybody knows what you did. You bought the wrong shirt. <laughs> oh. Um. I also have to say this right now while we're talking about fashion. There are times in this episode where Larry's wearing what I'm assuming is silk pants are like really flimsy material pants Mm -hmm. and you can see his underwear line and it's weird. When you see Larry Appleton's tidy whities coming through his pants, dude, you gotta, you gotta rethink what you're doing. Yeah. Maybe not wear pants like that. Um, I'm also putting a poll question up uh, in in the Ramjet group. Um, Is Marianne attractive or not? You have to be more specific because right, as a woman, the, she is attractive. Uh, attractive in this outfit, I think, would be more to the point of the episode. All right. Attractive in this outfit. I would also suggest putting another poll up about what people think about V-belts. This crazy well, I, phenomenon I put, and I also a, rectangle I a, vests. I put up a, uh, the, the screen cap and I just said discuss these fashions. Um, so now... V-belt, for and against. Rectangular uh, vest, <laughs> for or against. I'm against both. I'll be the bad guy. I'm against both. But everyone can come together on the Ramjack Facebook group and agree that button-down Oxford shirts are wrong. It goes against everything a collar stands for. It's wrong. All right, so options are attractive, not attractive. Any other options need to be on the table for this question? For the, Are we still on the pink dress? Yes. Attractive, not attractive. Uh... Inspiration for a Snuggie? Question mark. Let's just leave. Let's just leave it there. People can still comment. So, why would anyone to add options? All right. Did she pull it off well? Is another question. I guess it's inherent it's in that question. Separate but. question. It's a separate question. I just, I, I just want to see Alex. If you'd like to go vote, it's up on the Facebook group now. Oh, I may have to go vote. All right. I don't want to. I don't want to taint results. I want to kind of. Well, I'll, I'll vote as well. Then, knows where I stand. Well, yeah, but people seeing it in the Facebook group aren't hearing this yet. So let's go ahead and put our votes in because we'll both have one side of the issue. All right, I have voted. It's clear to say that this episode, which is, I would say, one of my more favorite now episodes of Perfect Strangers, starts off with crazy fashions, and that did not disappoint me. Nice. I've cast my vote. All right. Thank you, sir. Amazing. That was entertaining. All right. So, uh, of course, uh, after Twinkasetti's awkward uh, shutdown, the girls leave, and this is where uh, Larry, he's going to take it to Twinkasetti and make this shit get real. I'm sorry. I'm still staring at that V-belt. It's... All right. It's it's kooks. It's kooks. Um, so they take you to Twinkasetti. They're like, dude, come on. We work overtime and don't get paid overtime. You're thinking about hiring another person? What's that about? And he's like, oh, it's the trickle-down effect. Brad, do you want to explain this? Because I, I don't understand Reaganomics to begin with, but Twinkasetti's version is a little different, I think? Or it might actually be Reaganomics. You it's, tell me. I mean, it's not far off. Yeah, Twinkasetti's like, yeah, it's the trickle-down effect. Uh, I hire this other guy, and his salary trickles out of your paychecks. Ha, 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 ha. So, like, I I just, like, want to know, like, so what's... What's the scenario? Because like, I, it seems like the like the shop is only open like you know probably like nine to five, because Larry yeah. and Balky are the only people working there, and they work the same shift. So, I but they s- do work overtime on occasion, so it must. I mean, I get well. There's probably inventory. That's probably I, pro- I assume that's probably mm-hmm. it. But I mean, there are stores like this that are only seem to be open like business hours, which don't make any fucking sense to me because all those everybody's at work. Like, who's shopping at these stores? So I don't get it. And especially this store. I feel like this should have, like, like 
evening hours or something. Yeah. Um, Banks, one of those. Yeah, doesn't make Obviously sense. Obviously an establishment that needs to have evening hours. Yeah, I, I like, it makes no sense. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what this guy is going to be doing. Like, when's he going to be working? Doesn't make sense. But Larry is not having it. He's like, fuck this shit. You know what? You're going to be a douche about it? I'm quitting. Bam. And then Balky, in the same spirit, says, I'm quitting too. We're a team. And I really thought Larry was going to be like, Balky, look, someone needs to pay rent. <laughs> this is my ex- this is this is my journey, friend. I can't bring you down with me, but also someone needs to pay rent, Balky. Yeah. I can make these decisions. You can't, Balky. <laughs> Seriously. I but he do, didn't do that. To I do credit. appreciate that he says, listen, um, I, I'm just because I'm quitting doesn't mean you have to quit too. Like, you can keep your job. Like, it's cool. You don't have to, like follow me on this which is nice because like he's not being a douchebag like Balky I was quitting you have to quit too like that's something that's something I'll give him that <laughs> um Twinkie said he's unf- unfazed he's like fine get the fuck out of here yeah who needs you so the girls have already split I think the moment that Twinkie said he told them nope they yeah. looked at each other and like well, we're not getting dinner out of this or, this is going to be awkward. We're going to make ourselves scarce. You got yeah. the bicycle? Yeah, let's go get your car. Because you keep leaving it in that fucking garage. But now I'm in my outfit. Perfect to get soiled because well, I'm is... not going to wear this again. Well, Alex, they have to take the bike. The Chicago rules. This takes place in Chicago. Like, oh, you've got to, like, like... Of course. Like, Marianne's got to, like, ride the bike while Jennifer carries the, the shovel so that they can get, like, dibs on parking spaces or some such nonsense. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Oh, makes all the sense in the world. Um, so we cut to uh, um, a diner, and we learn that it's it's two weeks later, um, and they got this job from an employment agency, and they said there was going to be a management training program, but they seem to be at a shitty diner. But they got to pay the rent, and it's been two weeks. So uh, whatever's clever is totally whatever. All right. First things first. Back to fashion. Because... <laughs> I- like, I don't... First, listen, first of all, it's not fashion, but we gotta talk about Mark Lynn Baker's hair. Yeah. I mean, I am at the 6 minute 18 second mark, and it is just a profile of this dude's mop mullet. Because it, it's, <laughs> it's out of control. It's completely out of control. Yeah. Too much party in the back. Especially since you have super curly hair. Yeah. Uncon- like, can you not, like, comb it or spray it or do something? Like, why is it always messy? Like, get that under control. I'm not really sure how to explain it to people who can't see. It's imagine someone with really like poofy hair. Mm-hmm. I'm like I'm trying to think. It's maybe two inch, maybe three inches on his head because it's so curly. But instead of it being like a mini uh, curly kind of fro, imagine that. But then with the addition of having super curly bottom and long, it's weird. Yeah, it looks comical. Which may be what they're going for on the show. I mean, look at Balky's vest. He's got that. Sh- he's got that jacket out again, which is weird. This this jacket he's wearing, like I don't understand it because it's it's like I, at first I was like, is that a shirt? Is that a jacket? What is it? It looks like a doublet. We've seen it on the show before. Yeah, Have it's we? a doublet. Oh. It's Balky's. It's Balky's doublet. Thank you. That's exactly what it is. He's wearing. He's so he's he's got a doublet with buttons, and under that he's got. Like, uh, like I don't know, like a a red, purple, blue, like plaid, like a button-up shirt, but with like a bolo tie. <laughs> the '80s will disarm you immediately with its fashions. 
I mean, that's a given now. We realize this. Will there be a time in the future where people look back at, at this time and think, <laughs> Fashion. Of course, because Brad and I just talked about that fucking um, shirt with the buttons on the collar. No one's going to be doing that in 20 yeah, years. I hope no not. No one's going to be doing that. Um, so it's been two weeks. The Timp Agency has sent them to Fat Marshes. Mm -hmm. I got excited by the title. Um, the most obvious Photoshop work ever because they're imposing this logo onto another building that has live video. Honestly, for Perfect Strangers, well done. It's it's a trick people use in cinema and television, but it's done well here, to a point. But whatever. They're at Fat Marsha's before, before operating hours, I'm assuming, because no one else is in the restaurant. Yeah. Fat Marsha, can you describe her, Brad? I... All right. I, well, she is like white trash with hot pants <laughs> that's how i describe her yeah white trash with hot pants um like like these blue like um spandexy pants she's got like um uh, like like a weird like flowery print shirt um like just her to hat it out like um i don't she's creepy she's creepy and weird and uh, sexually harassing everyone from minute one. Oh, but she's also an institution in this on this in this little borough of Chicago. Mm -hmm. uh, from what she says, so Balky, they ask, "Are you fat, Marsha?" And she's like, "Yeah, that's me." And Balky's like, "Uh, <laughs> you're not fat." To which she says, "She also has a southern drawl in Chicago." Yeah. All right. She says, oh, thanks, sweetie. You know, I used to weigh over 300 pounds, but when I opened this place, I lost my appetite. And now I'm having the time of my life. Which is a sinister line, because she oh. is. I mean, she is. Uh, she's sexually harassing her employees, which is wrong. But she is also enjoying sexual escapades with all of her patrons, kind of, I guess, to a point. Because we learned that later. Like, she... And she's also running this block. People flock to this place after games. Because there is a, I guess, a stadium nearby? Larry and Balky seem unaware that this would even affect, I guess, dining business. But, hey, I mean, they've been working under Twinkasetti's thumb for a while. Sure. Who knows? And Balky's never had a job in a diner, diner such as this in Chicago. So they're not aware of what's happening. She sexually harasses them as she teaches them how to cook burgers. Oh. Um, I also, can we talk about Larry's suit for a second? Because it's weird, too. <laughs> like it's got like yes. a weird it's like this weird like I don't know if it's like the weave of the jacket or but it's it's got a weird pattern to it and I don't understand <laughs> it's the 80s man I just I, I like no one in this is spoiler alert I don't know what the fuck we're gonna do for best dressed because I, I don't know if I can <laughs> holy shit you're right I'm just trying to think about this early because I'm worried I'm worried <laughs> for my life I'm worried <laughs> um she hires them on the spot, so they have to change out of their clothes. Yeah, they uh, they say, um, oh, I sorry, I think we got the wrong place. This was supposed to have a management program. She's like, oh yeah, we've got a management program. Most people just quit, though. It's like cool, I guess. The um, old bait and switch temp agencies. Don't I fucking know it? I thought um, of you immediately. Yeah. From you know Brad's escapades of the temp agencies. Yeah. Let's. Hey, do you want a job? Uh, uh being a, a computer repair technician? Sure. Oh, you mean sweatshop? Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Sounds fun. Great. Cool, cool. Love it. Um, but, yeah, so they're immediately on the spot. They're working there. It's not a let's interview and you start tomorrow. It's like, no, 
Um, put put these uh, put this outfit on on top of your other clothes <laughs> because uh, Larry's still wearing a shirt and tie under Holy his. Holy uh, shit! I did his, not even notice yeah. that. Yeah, and Balky's still wearing a shirt and bolo tie and vest under his uniform smock. I guess it's kooks. Um, and she basically sets them up because she's gonna go work out. Uh, she's gonna go lift some iron. Um, so she's like, all right, here's what you do. You put the put the burger on the bun. Uh, you take the order, put it up on the spinny thing. Uh, put the food on there. You get the food. Hit the ring the bell. Done. It's cool. that easy in the diner. It's that easy. Yeah, it's great. You pick up the rest later because I assume that you're competent humans. Cool. There's like um, there's like 10 seconds in which Balky delivers like four like um, of the time jokes like in a second. He makes a joke about Charlie the Tuna. And then he makes a joke about the bell system. Like, it's like, like, we're like straight up, like, hey. Like, I, I know, like, they do, like, you know, the like the cultural references, and that's fine, that's great. But it's like three of them just, like, in, like, a second. Oh, yeah. Because Balky is enamored with this. He, he's, he's never had a job like this, and he's super excited. There's a giant tuna can, and he's like, Charlie's whole family would fit in here, I bet. But ooch. Oh, it's yeah. Charlie, I bet Charlie and his whole family will fit in here. Look at this—a message center and this a bell system. It's like wow, wow. <laughs> You're just going for it. Like there's no yeah. like uh, nobody's getting any of these jokes now. Like nobody. Like it'd be like, like oh, 1987 jokes. I don't understand. I didn't know that was a joke. I don't get it. What's the bell system joke? Because I didn't get that one. Um, that's like the uh, um, it was like the um, like the um bell phone systems oh um, okay okay yeah. okay now i get it yeah but it's been so long since i've even thought of ma bell as a yeah talking about ma bell and like the you mean at&t yeah who just got had to pay like tons of money to their customers because they just purposefully gouged prices and made mysterious additions uh to uh, their phone bills Ugh. Yeah, I can't wait for Verizon to do that because the miscellaneous $10 charge that fluctuates between 12 and like 8 bucks, that's got to be bullshit. Mm-hmm. But then, Balky really thought this was a bell system. Interesting. Yeah, it's, I mean, the message center, bell system. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so she, um, so she goes, I, I love this, again, this is day one. She's going. She's leaving the diner and leaving these two at it. Um, which I like. This is like such. One of the things that's amazing about Perfect Strangers is that it it is like such an old timey sitcom. Like this is just straight up. I love Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, like no bones about it. It's all like physical comedy bits and like like these setups that are just. It's so like. Just, I bet that's that's how they pitched the show. Yeah. Remember I Love Lucy? We're going to do that, but with uh, two cousins. I mean, it's, like, I love it. I love it so much, but I'm like, I just feel like even for, like, you know, what is it, 86, 87? Like, this is, um, um, 87. This is still, I feel like, it's a more cynical time than, than this show should allow. I mean. Definitely. I love it, though. Oh, I, I, now you got me thinking. Obviously, uh, Marianne and Jennifer are Fred and Ethel. Duh. <laughs> nice. But who's the Lucy and who's the Ricky in this scenario? I almost what? think that Balky is obviously the Ricky, but at the same time, he has uh, 
Lucy-like things? Uh, no, Balky has all the kooky plans and um, wacky bits. Larry's the, the angry one that is trying to maintain order. He's definitely Ricky. <laughs> Larry, Larry's Ricky. Balky's Lucy. Um... I think I think Jennifer is. I mean, this is where it falls apart because come on, <laughs> Jennifer's Fred and Marianne. Or no, Jennifer is is uh, is Fred and no, Marianne's Fred. Marianne's Fred. I don't know. Guys, figure it out. It doesn't matter. These aren't good connections it, anyway. It's in the spirit of I Love Lucy. Right. I think you're correct. On we don't need point. to recast uh, I Love Lucy with characters from Perfect Strangers, though we could. Uh, yeah. So she goes off to work out, leaving these two randos in charge of her diner. Um, and so we see a scene, and they've got it together. No problems at all. They're getting everything under control. There's like five people in the diner. Everybody's being taken care of. No problems at all. Um, Balky's having way too much fun with like the little spinner thing and the bell. Um, um, Balky doesn't understand what a serving of chili is on a chili oh dog. God, that is that's like Cincinnati style. <laughs> Just like hey, yeah. We've got, oh, you got a hot dog under there? Let me just, like, cover it like in a mountain of chili. It's crazy. It could be argued that they don't have it under control, because that one woman keeps asking about her side of fries. Yeah. And woman, you ordered something with fries, so you want double fries? Listen, maybe she likes fries. I don't know. Why you gotta judge her, Alex? Maybe, listen, maybe she's been in a hunger camp. All right, maybe she's been starving, oh. and she's been thinking about fries the whole time, and you're going to come in, oh, you need two fries? Listen, hey, Alex, fuck you, man. Fuck you. <laughs> hey, Brad, I'm sorry. You don't know Brad, her I'm life. Sorry. You don't know what she's I been through. I don't know her life. But, but she seems really eager to get the fries before her food. She's like, look, I ordered fries first, and then I ordered food. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, uh, and what's like what's up with the weird meatloaf that Fat Marsha normally serves? Yeah, I don't know. The one patron's like, what was up with that weirdo meatloaf? Is it the same? Yeah, I have a double order. And he describes something that's super gross. Yeah. Um. So about Larry's like, because Balky starts putting on like a lot of hamburgers onto the griddle, and Larry's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? We're like dead. I'm gonna bring in a small TV tomorrow to watch. Okay, Larry. <laughs> okay. Not a thing you can do at a diner. <laughs> and Balky's like, but. But Fat Marsha told me to do this. And he's like, yeah. Balky, come here. Let's look outside the door. Um, the f- Another clue that this may not be a match made in heaven. As they're leaving, Balky hits the cash register and opens the drawer as they're going toward the door. <laughs> well, that's this is Chicago. Now. Yeah, that's gone. If somebody called dibs on the cash register. That's how it works in Chicago. Look, I don't know what kind of weird shit you were doing at Twinkasetti's, but... Yeah, don't just open a register when you go to the door. Well, Bucky, no, that's weird. Well, also, no money's in there because everyone in the diner's on one check. Um, even though they didn't come in together, oh, they're all on one check, true, so true, true, the money's true. not there yet because Chicago rules. Um, Look, all of you are on one check. Figure it out amongst yourselves. Why <laughs> uh, so, well. like, so, But Valky's like, yeah, Marsha told me to put 24 burgers on, on the grill to get ready for the 4 o'clock rush. Larry's like, it's already 4 o'clock. Nobody's here, fucker. Balky, look, look outside the door. What do you see? Um, I see a stadium, and all these hockey fans are running toward Fat Marshes, and they're angry. And Larry says, fuck. <laughs> well, I fucked up again. Um, and I, then suddenly, the love- largest cast we've enjoyed on Perfect Strangers in a long time Ever. runs through the door. We've never had this many actors on stage on an episode of Perfect Strangers. <laughs> oh, also, we got to mention, the guy that orders the uh, the meatloaf, uh, the gritty meatloaf in the diner, that is Louis Arquette. 
uh, the father of uh, Rosanna, Patricia, Alexis, Richmond, and David Arquette. Hmm. Didn't know about all those Arquettes. Didn't know about Alexis or Richmond Arquette. So, awesome. We got some star power. Definitely. Got some star power. Straight up Arquette power. The biggest stars. All the hockey guys come in. Baki and Larry are terrified. They, there's also a bit like where they're like, they're like, oh, the stadium's coming out. And they look angry. They must be hockey fans. Um, guess hockey fans are the most violent fans, I guess. Is that a thing? Well, we've talked about it before. Fighting is encouraged in hockey. The etiquette of throwing your glove down and the other guy throwing his glove down and suddenly you're punching each other. Yeah, but are the fans known for being, like, especially aggressive? I mean, is this just a Chicago thing? Is this, like, uh, It may be a Chicago thing. I called dibs on being the most aggressive. Oh, hockey fans win, I guess. I don't know. Well, there was, there was a section here in the hockey game I went to where people threw hockey pucks onto the ring. It was kind of like a charity thing or like a contest. Like, I guess you threw your hockey puck in, and then at the end, after they collected them, they'd choose one at random, and you get a prize. I guess that could be kind of violent. But yeah, no, dude, that does <laughs> There's a charity event where you throw a, a puck into the ring, and then they choose one, and that person wins. It sounds aggressive. That is not aggressive. <laughs> a charity event is, by definition, not aggressive. I don't know, dude. You had to chunk your puck pretty hard. Like, you had to throw it to get it over the glass, the protective, like plastic glass thing but you're right <laughs> that's still the charity event that's not an aggr- that's not a display of aggression Ugh, fuck helping people Ugh. i'm gonna get this in there yeah fuck you i mean if it's like you have to kill a man for charity well then maybe it's kind of aggressive this puck represents 10 bucks of my hard-earned money fuck you uh yeah you're right by by definition <laughs> my apologies um so, but one of my favorite parts is Balky says, one of the guys just ripped up a parking meter, which in Chicago oh, makes all the sense in the world, the given the stories that we've talked about. That parking meter didn't, meter didn't call dibs. Um, but as all these hockey fans are running into the diner, one of them is carrying a parking meter. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's kooky. So we cut to uh, we cut to a little bit later, and they're frazzled trying to make things happen. Um, clearly, just not doing it. Like they're a mess. Like a balky is covered in grossness. I don't know what the hell oh. has happened. The bell system he once loved is now causing him to become dizzy and almost pass out. Yeah. Well, he does pass out for like a second, right? Or like yeah. collapses. He collapses. He he gets up off the floor with a piece of lettuce hilariously uh, stuck to his face. Which I call bullshit on because there's been no lettuce on any of the hamburgers they've served this entire time. Why is the lettuce on the floor? Oh, that's a just, single leaf of lettuce. Oh, that's just to keep. That's just for the for the, for the mice and roaches. Uh. <laughs> just to keep them out of the food, I guess. <laughs> just, pull, just throw something. Just throw something down there for them. Keep them away from the chili. <laughs> it's a distraction more than anything. It sounds like a stock market floor because everyone's like, where's my order? I haven't had my order yet. Where's my fries? That bitch is still waiting on her fries. Yeah. Larry, give her some French fries. Seriously. I, like, I, I mean, I understand that this is, like, chaotic. These people have just gone out. But, like, there's still, I mean, I don't know how many people are here. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Like, I still say there's less than 20, like, patrons in this diner. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, into a small space. Like it's so. a it's a small space. It's you know it's it's you know a stage, so you're only seeing a part of it, um, uh, and they're all crowded together to make it look really frantic and busy, and the shots are close. But I'm like, it's still like 20 orders. Like how I don't know, like how, how frantic is it to make like I know they're aggressive hockey fans that like tear out parking meters and they're all yelling. But is it that hard to make like I don't know like 20 orders of food? No, especially if they're all on one ticket. 
At the worst case, if they dropped all the food, yeah, especially if they're all on ticket. If they dropped all the food and made it absolutely fresh, mm-hmm. it would take them 10 minutes at most, which in a fast yeah. food place, that may be a little trying, but this is a diner. You come right. in, sit down, and then your food gets to you. 10 minutes is fine. And it seems to be mostly burgers, fries, chili dogs, and, like, it's all up on the griddle. At one point, Larry's carrying three plates, so three plates, like, already, like, you're... Uh, You've- You've like, served a, a large amount of people. Yeah. But Larry, I mean, what they're really angry about is the fact that Larry is not paying attention to anything. Right. Larry has taken <coughs> Larry's taken some orders, but Larry is also giving certain orders to other people outside of the line. Yeah, it's it's chaos. Like, they've lost control. But it, it shouldn't be that hard. It's like, all right, there's 20 people here. Who ordered this? Sorry, I got a mixed... Uh, like, it's too small. I mean, I know it's sitcom logic and, like, it's all this, but, like, it's just... It's a little... It's... It's a little over the top, but I appreciate it because we're in a different location and we have more than two actors in the scene. Oh, yes, yes, yes. This is an oasis in the middle of perfect strangers. So there's a guy at the uh, counter that continually harasses Larry and says, where the fuck is my chili dog? He's a big dude. He has a similar haircut to Larry, but it's white. And he's a he. He seems like a. Also, all these hockey fans are big dudes. Mm-hmm. Like they're all of them are six foot something, and they're all like solid, for the most part. So this guy's one of those. And at one point, Larry's frantically going around, going crazy. This guy reaches over the counter and grabs Larry by the, his collar, drags him over, lifts him up, and says, "Do you have fucking buttons on your collar?" Fuck you. Also, where the fuck is my chili dog? And Larry's like, holy shit, I gotta go get a chili dog from Balky. Everything else takes is not priority. Runs over to Balky. Balky, we need a chili dog. We're out of chili. Ha! No, 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 no. We can't be out of chili, Balky. That man's going to kill us. Seriously. And, like, so they go and they find... They're like, we gotta find something. Which, I'm like, you're in earshot of this dude. What are you talking about? Um, He can't hear. There's, like, the constant crowd rumble. He's over there planning about what's going to happen next. I mean, yeah. if he doesn't get his chili. So they're like, we got to find chili. We got to find chili. And they find this one random pot. <laughs> it's on like the stove behind them. How do they? And they're like, what is this? I don't know. It's green. Like, like, well, let's make it work. So they pour ketchup in it to make it look like chili. Yeah. And then Balky shuffles all of it. Because Balky, again, doesn't understand chili portion sizes. Mm-hmm. And everyone in the audience goes, ew, because it looks like chili that has, like, a lot of parsley on it or, like, something green. It's gross. It looks, I mean, it looks like relish. Yeah. And everyone's like, ew, and he gives it, he serves it on a plate to the guy. The guy says, it's supposed to be to go. So Larry takes the plate, a giant paper bag, shoves all the food, not wrapped, all that gross chili, just into the bag without the plate and gives it to the guy. And he says, it's on the house. Which, um, like... How does this lead to the fight? That's what I'm confused about. See, that's what I can't remember. Oh, he gets up and someone says, I ordered first. I ordered first. Hey, there's an altercation between two of the patrons. No. A guy tries to get out and he's like, get out of my way. That's right. And the other guy says, you got an ugly face. And he's like, you got an ugly face. And then they start fighting. Yeah, and then Larry tries to break it up. And then the one guy picks him up and they're like picking up Larry and Balky and they're, it's like wrestling. They're kind of just like, they're not yeah, really they're hurting them. Around. They're just kind of spinning them. Um, also, I should point out the guy that's spinning Larry. Um, also, we've seen in another episode, he was the guy um, in the episode where they go on the date. Um, and that he, like, threatens Larry in that episode. Oh, so this guy's back. So, yeah, that guy's back. So I guess he's just, like, your go-to Perfect Strangers bully. 
So we got a diner bully. And diner bully spinning around. Everyone's having a good time. Like, yeah, fuck these dudes. Open the register. Like we got a ride on her hands. But then Fat Marsha comes in and immediately blows her whistle. Everyone stops. She's like, what's going on, guys? And uh, she's like, you two, out of here. But they started it. Get out of here. And they, both of the guys look at her and say, hey, are we still on for later tonight? She said, I'll get back to you. Um, did she have a double date with these two dudes? Like, was she going to see them individually? Or, or did they come as a group? And they're just, and is that where the actual altercation came from? Because they're jealous of each other's attention. Like, she's got these two guys. I think, I think Fat Marsha is just like a cesspool of STDs. Definitely. <laughs> like, because like, ugh, gross. Gross, gross, gross. Look, I know that girls, because I'm watching that with my girlfriend now again. Ooh, I'm even sorry. I've watched the first season. It's actually, it's better in the second viewing. Um, there's a whole plot line where one of the characters gets an STD, and one of her friends says, oh, well, all, all adventurous ladies have at least one STD. What? I don't care what girls tells you. No. <laughs> no. But that's what Fat Marge is up to. Marge. Fat uh, Marge is up to. So she's like, guys, I'm sorry, things went crazy. Um, and then I'm the, not sure what happens after that. Well, she she apologizes. She's like, hey, it just comes with uh, you know the hockey crowd. This is the way it is in hockey season. And then like she like again like sexually harasses them. And Balky finally catches on to the fact he's being sexually harassed and gets weirded out by it. Well, she's been grabbing Larry's butt and fondling him all day. Mm-hmm. And uh. There was a passing joke earlier in the episode where he says to Balky, like, she invited me on a Club Med cruise. Um, and at this point, she reaches around and grabs Balky's ass or his dick from behind. I honestly don't know, given what she says and what he does. Yeah. Because when she grabbed Larry's butt, it wasn't as broadcast as this, and it didn't take as long. So I'm assuming that something else happened. And Balky's eyes get big, and he's like, I think I was just invited to Club Med. Yeah, well, she says, uh, she's like, are you okay? Uh, oh, good, because I-, I was afraid you'd broken something important. Ugh. She grabbed his dick. Yeah. She, grabbed, she says it pinches his behind. She reached around and grabbed his dick from behind. Definitely. Definitely. Ugh. So uh, You can't break your butt. Yeah. You can break your tailbone, but that wouldn't cause Balky to go, whoa, what's going on? Yeah, so he's weirded out. So we cut back to the apartment. Uh, they come in looking like crap. Uh, Exhausted, heavy breathing. Dogs chased us for miles because our food tastes, tastes, smells like clothing. I mean, not clothing. It smells like uh, diner, yeah. hamburgers, raw meat, ruined chili. Also, like they look even worse now because they're all like gross and they're sweaty and and like their hair's even like more messed up. Um, I do think like oh, okay, Larry has no but. We see Larry's collar, no buttons on this collar. Nope. Like I feel like I, there's no excuse. I, yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. Um, they both agree that look, we may have had it rough at Twinkasetti's and we may have been treated horribly, but it's better than what we've gotten ourselves into now. Let's just go beg for our jobs back. We'll take the pay cut. It's fine. Hi. Uh, ding dong, doorbell rings. It's Twinkasetti and his wife, and she says, Hey guys, I figured out why you guys quit so suddenly. Twinkasetti has something to tell you. Twinkasetti's like, Guys, look, I need you back. How about you come back? Let's negotiate. And they say, Larry's willing to just be like, Oh, yes, sure, please. Yes. But Balky, being savvy Balky, says, Uh, we're not sure. Huh? It's like, Listen, we're on it's a like management track. 
Uh, we're on a management track yeah. right now. We could be, we could possibly come back, but uh, uh, we're gonna need to get the raise we should have gotten, uh, plus overtime. Um, and what was the other thing? Something else. Uh, oh, and they're in. Stop calling us uh, losers. <laughs> you're not lose allowed us, to lose us. Lose us. You're not allowed to call us losers anymore. All right. Which is the one thing that he has the most reservations about. He's like, like he makes a grunt, and then Mistwin Cassetti says, that's him saying, yes, gentlemen, welcome back. So he storms out. He's like, I got dishes to do. So he he goes, uh, he leaves the the apartment. Balky and Larry hug Mistwin Cassetti. She, at first, is excited. She's like, oh, you guys smell absolutely horrible. Burn those clothes. Now, was it because they smelled or because they needed to burn those clothes? It might have been, I would think it's because they needed to burn them. I mean, like, either way, agreed, burn those clothes. You're not really truly aware of the horrors of 80s fashion until it is enveloping you. God. Physically. And then you're like, fuck, you need to burn that. Definitely. Definitely. So uh, she leaves, and then, uh, hey, there's one thing left to do. It's time to do the dance of joy. Well, they recap their life's ambitions and what we might see in season two. And then they do the dance of joy, which I thought was the season ender. I thought, okay, this has the largest product, the largest mm-hmm. uh, extras, like the largest cast we've seen in any Perfect Strangers for a while. A lot of our favorite characters have returned. Um, if they're recapping what's happening in season two, and they're doing a dance of joy, yeah. this has to be the end of season. Well, because they, they, again, to explain season it, season three, I mean, they 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 do a whole like thing. It's like, well, listen, uh, we're going back to Trincasetti's, and yeah, that sucks, but hey. Uh, Larry, Cousin Larry, you're still going to be a great photojournalist one of these days. Uh, you came to Chicago to be a photographer, and you will be. And I didn't travel miles to be a clerk in a discount store. I'm going to graduate from night school and go to college. It's like, what is this setup? Like, what are you guys planning? This is a sitcom. What are you guys planning out this, like, six-season arc? And then they do the Dance of Joy. And of course, uh, as always in the Dance of Joy, it ends with Larry uh, in Balky's arms. And that's the episode. That's the episode. Not to spoil anything about a future episode, but Mm -hmm. I accidentally clicked next uh, Uh, on the Perfect Strangers episode guide. It's a good one. And Larry's sister comes to visit. Yeah, I've been waiting for this one. It's a good one. Nice. So, I... uh... (laughs) Alex, uh, who won and who lost? Who won and who lost? I honestly don't know. Everyone seemed to have a bad... Because Marianne and uh, Jennifer didn't get to go to dinner. True. Valky and Larry had to suffer two weeks of trying to find a job. And then eventually got a job. Horrible. But they did get their raise eventually. Mm-hmm. But, okay, I will say that they won. The Valky-Larry duo won. And the fact that even though they had trying times, they came out on top. Mm-hmm. said he has to pay them more. Mr. Cassetti got hugged by 80s fashions and almost vomited. Mm-hmm. That one dude got served tainted chili and is probably sick or in an emergency room. True. Other people didn't get their food on time. Uh, Marsha, well, Marsha probably got the least skate. Uh, she probably was the most unscathed during this entire episode. Yeah, um... You know, I you, I think you just made a strong case that that dude that got served the gross chili probably lost. He lost. Because he's going to die. <laughs> Come on, if someone throws me a bag of food that's not even wrapped that I can't eat from a paper bag, 
You've lost. Yeah. Plus, he also, he, he also got kicked out of the restaurant. He may have lost his date with Fat Marsha, which, I don't know, maybe that's a win, maybe that's a loss. I don't know, but I maybe this dude already has the STDs. I don't know. But we can emphatically say that he lost. He Let's lost. just say it. He lost. He may have saved he his lost. life, but he may have lost. Um, who won? Who? I yikes. Um... I don't know, uh, Fat Marsha, like, had some, like, workers for, like, a couple of hours, and I, uh, I don't know, like, I guess it's hard to get anyone to work at her diner, so even if for, like, a day she got to go off and, like, go to the gym while these guys watched her store for a couple of hours, I guess? Maybe? Yeah. Maybe? I just, I, like, even though Larry and Balky got the raise, like, they still did have, like, the two weeks and then, like, the day of, like... Granted, it's only one shitty day at the diner, but still. Hmm. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I think Bobby and Larry won. All right. Overall, they came out on top. And definitely that dude lost. I mean, it's that easy. All right. Can we say that, that uh, Balky won more than Larry? Can we make it uh, just oh. one of them definitively? Well, yeah, because he got to be the chef, and that's what he wanted to be. Right. So, yeah. All right. Those grounds alone. So, there all right. Go. So, Balky squeaks by with a win. Yes. All right. Um... And the dude uh, with dysentery <laughs> loses. Yes. Um, best dressed, worst dressed. All right. Dude. Late this is a clusterfuck. Late entry. I no late entry. I fa- I think I may have found our best dressed. I think Twinkasetti's suit when he comes into Larry and Balky's place is really? is I mean like it's it's a it's a simple clean suit. I it looks like the most feasible. Oh fuck! He has buttons on his collar. God damn it. <laughs> Brad, all this fuck? talk, all this talk, and he has buttons on his collar. Can't do it. I, I like that tie. The jacket's a nice color, but he has buttons on his well, collar. Can't. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Can't do it. Um, thought I had it. I mean, I was really willing to give it to him too, since he won't be on the show much longer. This may be his last appearance, for all we know. There's I, only two more yeah. episodes in the second season before the third. I mean, against everything else, even though he has buttons on his collar, I. I, does he still win? Brad, come on. I don't want to. We can't to. even talk shit around button collars and then give... The, I mean, there's an irony there that's pretty awesome. The fact that in this episode, out of all the insane fashions, we had to give it to the guy with the button <laughs> Okay, okay, shirt. okay. Let's look, okay, I'm looking at the diner scene. There's got to be somebody in the diner. Dude, that's... let's give it to Twinkasetti, because that's funny. Give uh, Despite wait, his wait, horrible wait, wait, collar wait, wait. choice. Okay, Twinkasetti's first outfit. In the first scene, there's no buttons on that collar. That's a perfectly sensible suit. The tie's got like weird like dots on it. It's, it's weird, but it's fun. Twinkie said his first suit, no buttons on collar. It's pinstripe, gray, fine. Twinkie said, congratulations, you are the best dress this episode. Worst dress. Worst dress. <laughs> v belt. I'm going V belt. Uh, presently in the Ramjack Facebook group, there's a poll, and I might add that during the course of our conversation, someone agreed with me. I mean, I agree it's a weird outfit. It's two I to just, one so far, Brad. I just, I just, I, I don't find her as unattractive as I usually do. And I, I don't, I, I, you know, hey, I'm just saying. Shane agrees. Shane, thank you for voting. I know people are going to keep bringing them in. We appreciate it. Um, But that's also not attractive in that dress. It doesn't mean worse dressed. I yeah. think it might be Fat Marge, Marsha, because first off, 
that weird outfit yeah. is not doing anyone's favors. And she's wearing a floral print, like, knit top over the yeah. weird 80s spandex stuff. No yeah, thank you. Fat Marsha is a goddamn monster. <laughs> like, she's got to be stopped. She's worse dressed. We're stopping her here. The line is drawn here. She is worse dressed. <laughs> Agreed. That easy sometimes. Yeah. Well, that hard. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah, come on. There was a lot to choose from. Whew. It was an exhausting, fashion-filled episode. It really was. Like, if Perfect Strangers, even though there's not a lot to talk about with Perfect Strangers, there's always tons of fashion, which I do appreciate that. As far as Perfect Strangers goes, we got a sister coming, and then we also have uh, what may prove to be Laura Wimson's favorite episode, because it's called Up on That Roof. We got a lot of cool stuff coming. Indeed. Two, uh, these last two episodes of the season are some quality apps. I, I, I remember those quite well. So, looking forward to that. Oh, guys, that was Perfect Strangers. Guys, thank you so much for listening to Ramjack. Um, we would like to he- we would like to listen to you. Please send us a voicemail. Brad, what's the new voice number? Guys, that new voicemail number that I have memorized and therefore would never forget, and I just love to be able to share it with you guys. It's it's really what I love being able to share information, and I love being able to share things that I have knowledgeable in my mind, such as the voicemail yeah. number, which is 979-476-9877 or 979-GROW-UP-7. GROW-UP-7 is the best. Um, yes. Go to our website, ramjackpodcast.com. Indeed. There's a link to the get wiki there. episode information there. Yeah. And the wiki is awesome. Obviously, uh, it's, getting a lot of, it's getting a lot of action. It's blowing up quick. Getting a lot of action, getting a you lot of heat. You be on the ground floor of that. A lot of heat. So uh, definitely check that out. Facebook group, go on there. See what's up. Of course there's fun polls happening all the time. Yeah, there's cool news there. Just go. Definitely. There. Enjoy and it. talk to us. Talk about these talk fashions. Talk to the community. Talk about if you find Marianne attractive in this outfit. I'm not saying it's a good outfit. I'm just saying, of everything we've seen Marianne yeah. wear, this is an outfit that makes her look attractive. Yeah, Brad. Yeah, Brad's not saying she's... Yeah, obviously. Um. Let your opinions be heard. Yes. Come to the Ramjack Facebook group. Um, guys, you can email us. iTunes. Go ahead. Guys, you can email us, ramjackpodcast at gmail.com. We've got um, some emails. Um, we do? We do. Uh, we got an email from Roberta, who has been in the field and done some research and uncovered some information. Um, she writes us, uh, these, voicemail car- these voicemail calls um, are, um, and this, of course, is the numerical, press the numerical button one guy. Uh, these uh, voicemail calls are, as far as I can tell, from Prophet. Jordan Manessa. Um, and then she's put a YouTube link. It's nice to put a face to the voice. Bastard is only oh. 23 years old. And I pulled this up. I'm not... I, I think this might be him. I'm not entirely positive, though. But I think it could be. Oh. And it's a, there's a link to the video. It's a, it's a Benny Hinn um, website. So, yeah, I think this is him. Interesting. Yeah. It's we pretty kooky. So this this is not what I was expecting at all. So definitely, uh, I'll post it. I'll post that'll be definitely be in the wiki. Um, you can check that out. So I'm glad we we got an idea who this is, why he's calling me, why he wants me to press that numerical button one. I don't know, but thank you, Roberta, for doing some investigative journalism. Um, I appreciate it. Where were the rest of you fools? Um, should have been investigating. <laughs> right. We give you a show. You can't do some investigative discovery. Thank you, Roberta. Thank you. You're the winner for this week. <laughs> Thank you, yes. Um, obviously, share Ramjack with your loved ones and your friends. 
Jonathan, I hope you didn't hear me eating during the podcast. I tried my best to make sure you couldn't hear it, but in in my defense, my life was in danger. So he went and got his of. jar of jellied meats and was he, was he was very careful with them. I was careful. I appreciate that. Thank you. I know it's getting it, there's a lot of heat out there right now. It's very stressful. Um, I don't want you don't don't try to do anything crazy with hand sanitizer. I think we all just need to like to be strong and try to be try to be like Jonathan Pernasek. Our uh, patron saint, uh, um, true blue American hero in international waters, and uh, keep a level head as we all come together to fight in these whims. We love you, Laura. Love you. Love you. Who do you hope wins the war, Brad? I think everyone's gonna win. Oh, happy ending. We're all gonna win. It's the only war where nobody loses. <gasps>
thing that our bombs are clever It's a shame that our kids are dumb But our bombs are smart What a lucky thing now Don't you know it's a feel-good show And it's suitable for the whole darn family Come on out, everybody shout Give a big salute to our ingenuity Don't you know this is better than any video friend It's an action movie Here we go, watch the bad guys Get their butts kicked And it makes me feel good Don't you know it's Nintendo Really gets the blood flowing through my veins now Don't you know it's a feel-good show Me they're trying to miss It's a video, video There they go now There go all my friends There they go now Marching off to war again With their bright flags Waving in the wind There they go now, marching off to war again, smiling proudly. There they go now, there go all my friends. There they go now, marching off to war again, with their bright flags waving in the wind. There they go now, marching off to war again. Marching off to war again 